The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. to the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Rotofanatic Podcast Network. Check out rotofanatic.com today to see our latest rankings, plus the continuing saga of our high-low series. Michael Govier goes against Matt Williams on Chris Bryant of the Chicago Cubs. It's episode 68, the Dellen Batances edition. It's a two-for-Tuesday, double-your-pleasure edition as we welcome in two guests, both highly qualified, elite fantasy baseball minds. They each do their own individual podcast, but they also co-opt and work together by combining their podcast to create the ultimate duo in the land of fantasy baseball. Let's give it up for Batflip Crazy and Benched with Bubba. Join your host, Christopher Deary, sort of, and Michael Govier as they talk shop with Bubba and Toby. We're going to take a ride into the value zone. We'll debut a new segment called Build Me Up Buttercups. Which buttercups have overinflated value in 2021? Take it away, boys! You are now locked into the head. Blotto Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Rota Fanatic Podcast Network, which is small, but burgeoning, very much on the rise, on the come, as they said back in the 1800s. I don't know if they say that anymore. Anywho, great, we're fun, we're cool, we're a fantasy baseball show. We are thrilled to have two more wonderful guests that I will introduce momentarily. First of all, Deary's back for this episode. Deary, welcome back. I'm here. Uh, I'm really confused because I have a delay on my video, but my, as long as my audio sounds fine, then we'll be good to go. The audio sounds crisp. It sounds smooth. I think we're going to be just fine. You and I are going to engage with two guys who are known throughout the fantasy landscape for a lot of opinions when it comes to fantasy baseball. They co-host a show together in a sense. They also have their own shows. It's an interesting mix that these two guys bring together, but nonetheless... 
it is with great and tremendous pleasure that we bring aboard two men that have been known to dominate fantasy leagues from any format, any type of league. You name it, they've done it. They've probably seen it all. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, who should I? I'll go with uh, Bubba, Casey Bubba's, and Toby Batflip Crazy. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks yeah, a lot. thanks. It's wonderful to be here. That is, that is the best intro that I think I've ever received on that podcast before. Well, yeah, and, we're trying and to the applause. Yes, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely the biggest applause. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we pay people to do things around here. Uh, you'd be surprised what people will do for like a dollar. So, anyways, I, I always tell Bubba like. You got to applaud when you introduce me, but he doesn't do that. So it's a little disappointing. <laughs> yeah. So how would you guys, descri- how do you guys describe what you do then? Is it like a co-optic type thing uh, or what's, what do you describe it as? Um, we talk, uh, I, I pick Toby's brain on his big brain of strategy and I sit back and enjoy the ride. Yeah. Bubba sells himself short. I mean, Pretty much, I do the podcast pretty exclusively with with Bubba on my feed, but Bubba has a lot more um, going on. He's got the Bench with Bubba podcast, so he's got a lot more happening. I used to do a little bit more individual podcasting, but um, I just just focus on our Tuesday nights now, and uh, it's a, it's a lot of fun, and we have a good time. So, and then we just put it out on our separate feeds, which you know works for works for us. And what a Tuesday night it is, folks. I'm telling you. It's like candles, glass of wine, whatever you prefer beverage-wise. It's a good time. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> Couple of oat sodas, huh? Yeah, Maybe. whatever whatever you prefer. <laughs> beverage of choice. Bar's open. Uh, Deary's having camera problems, but you're still here, right, Deary? I'm still here. I can hear you all just fine. Hey. As long as you can hear me. We are good to go. Okay. You're in the dark void of space somewhere. But if you're l- watching live, he's there. If you're listening to the podcast version... Thank you for choosing this podcast. We're the Hey, It's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Palazzo Podcast on Twitter. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com is how you can follow the show and email us and ask questions. Two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. Always down to have conversations about fantasy anytime, anyplace. We're really excited to have these guys on. We're going to talk about value, which is a fun buzzword in the fantasy community that is so, so, so tired, so played out. I admit that freely. I do. But, you know, we're going to use it anyways because we're not very original here. But we will talk about some value plays, some of the guys that these guys like in terms of their own relative value. And we'll take a look at some inflated ADP, some inflated numbers for ADP, even auction values. Anything's in play there. We're going to find out what these guys think of that. We'll get inside Rico's Inquisition, ask us some random goofy-ass questions about nonsense. And, of course, we'll get inside their brains for some fantasy process details looking forward to it i'm really excited this is going to be a fun show so uh first things first though toby tell me something about you that i should know that has nothing to do with fantasy baseball wow uh nothing to do with fantasy baseball i didn't realize that i i I exist outside of fantasy baseball but um (laughs) uh i'm the father of two children i have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old um and so that's how i spend a lot of my time when i'm not researching fantasy baseball ah well that was that was an easy ass answer that was a cop-out in my opinion <laughs> i feel like i feel like you could have gone deeper but you know we'll let it slide <sighs> being a parent is important i'm not a parent so i can never know what you're going through or i can never understand ever 
Maybe maybe while Bubba's doing it, I'll think of one that's like maybe a little bit more original, a little bit more uh, <laughs> harder hitting. So we'll see. Look, look, as a guest on other shows, as I've done before, it's not really fair to just throw random things at people right <laughs> off the bat. It's not easy to respond. Trust me, I get it. I I understand. You I love decide. it. But you do. I love it too. But I do appreciate what you're going through right now. Bubba, what about you? What is something that we should know about Beyond Fantasy Baseball? Beyond Fantasy Baseball. Uh, the KC in my name does not stand for Kansas City. I hate to break it to people there. Um, it's a different town I live in, but <laughs> that's been confusing oh. many times. Um, yeah, people thought I was I was happy when the Chiefs won two years ago. I thought I was mad this year. No, not the case. Um, <laughs> other than that, I just live in a small town. I work in farming. So, uh, yeah, I have a full-time job outside of a full-time podcasting career. So, tons of fun. Holy cow. Man, that is intense, dude. I got to tell you, I did think that, and I'm not going to lie. I got to come clean. I'm like everybody else. I'm, I don't know you that well. We're not like, you know, tight bros from way back. So uh, I'm glad that you revealed that on the show to me. And now I will never, ever, ever think that KC means Kansas City. Yeah, I'm an open book. So just ask away. Have you ever had diarrhea? Um, yes, I, I had my gallbladder removed about four or five years ago. So things, things get a little <laughs> awkward at times. <laughs> Thank you for. <laughs> I, I'm an open book. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. <laughs> you didn't lie. You didn't lie. Uh, Toby, would you like to uh, take another stab at it? I mean, Bubba. Bubba's like you know, he did it for the both of us. I think in that particular instance, <laughs> he did it for all of us, not just you two, for everyone. Thank you, Bubba. Yeah, you're welcome. So, I want to let people know. That this is part of the Rotofanatic Podcast Network. Rotofanatic.com is a website that I actually run. People don't know this often. Do you guys know that I'm part of the Rotofanatic like ownership crew or no? Yeah, I've heard yeah. I've heard that. Uh, Mr. Mike Curland told me that way back when you guys were all starting things up. Uh, Sleepy K and I, we chat a lot in the background. So uh yeah, I heard that. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I love Sleepy K, but we're trying to get the word out more. I also run the show with Matt Williams, which most people seem to know, but also Carmeirano, Paul Mamino. And Crosby Spencer, these are great guys. I want everyone to know that we're all in this together as the Rota Fanatic Foundation in terms of the people that kind of run the day-to-day of it. So we're trying to I'll, spread the word on that. And we want I want to say one I want to say one thing. I've tried to spread the word. If anybody reads my Rota Baller articles, which I'm not the best writer, but I'm trying. Uh, my last few, I have shouted out the Rota Fanatic Park Factors tool. So I think it's absolutely amazing. So I've used it in my articles and I say the Roto Fanatic Park Factor tool, so they can go find it there. It's, you know, you can Google, like like ESPN used to have park factors and other park factors, but the way you guys break it down by handedness, by parts of the ballpark, by all these things, it's super convenient in this era in baseball and fantasy baseball. We're trying to look like Toby and I talked about it the other night with the dead in baseball, maybe center field's an issue. So now what ballparks are harder to hit balls at a center field? Like these are little, little, little things that your tool is very, very awesome for. That is something I would also have said word for word. I agree. When the Arenado trade went down, I went right to our website. And not just because I'm biased, because it it was easy for me to break it down on the fly and put out a quick video to respond about the park factor change for him and what that might mean for his bat. Because without looking at park factors, Toby, I'm sure you would assume, yeah, Arenado is not going to be the same hitter because Coors Field speaks for itself. But, you know, park factors can still tell you. Pulls a lot of fly balls. Pulls a lot of fly balls. Oh, Arenado does. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's not a great hitter's park, Bush Stadium, so that was an example. I'm glad you brought that up, Bubba. Thank you. Uh, that that makes me feel good inside. Does it make you feel good inside too, Deary? 
Oh, dude, the park factors are fantastic because you guys break it down so well. As as Bubba said, like it's not just ESPN saying, okay, here's here's an algorithm, here's a couple stats about this. Really dives deep into sections of the park. As Bubba said, left-handed, right-handed. I, I absolutely love it, and I will be using it bigly this year. And they keep and it keeps it simple so layman's like myself can understand it. It's just like a rating system, one through thirty. It's very simple. Makes my life really easy. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're on the same level there, Bubba. I would agree. Sometimes, you know, I get in over my head. I, I love stats. I've loved it since I was a kid. I always have baseball stats in particular. But sometimes things go over my head, and I don't understand everything. And I like its interface. It's easy to understand. Like, I, like, I like the simple, like, caveman stuff I talk about. Toby likes standard deviations and yes. really big numbers. <laughs> exactly. That's why we work well together. Interprojection standard deviations. Yes. <laughs> See? That's why you guys are a great combo. That's why your show is good. And I'll be honest, I, I know your show and I've had it downloaded, but I hadn't had a chance to listen to you guys as much because I'm just being honest. I, I don't busy. have a lot of time to listen. There's yes, a lot. I, yeah. There's a lot of pods. And yeah, I've been going ape shit right now with like five pods a week. It's stupid. Yeah. And, but when I prepare Mike, for have you the listened show, at a faster speed yet? No, see, that's what I'm still not doing. That might be the problem here. You got to do it, man. Speed. One and a half time. Was a long ways. I I have never listened to a podcast on anything but one time speed. Jeez, really? That is, something, that is something I'd like to share about myself right now. There we go. There uh, we go. That is deep. I <laughs> a man of routine. I do not go beyond one or below one. <laughs> I, I'm in the minority. I'm like the only guy who still listens at regular speed. Then I swear I have not found anybody else who does that anymore. So I guess I got to change my ways. Mm-mm. Don't do it. You do get into it. Oh, okay. Well, fine. Then I won't. Look, <laughs> we're excited because here, when we do some housekeeping, we always play the Belvedere music. So, you guys remember Mr. Belvedere? Anybody? Yes. Oh, yes. Was he a housekeeper or a butler? What would you call him, Bubba? Butler. I call him a butler. See, he's a housekeeper, though. I mean, he takes care of the house. They're not rich. Rich people have butlers. True. So he's a he's a maid. Yes. <laughs> so we, that's how really, I always thought as a kid. Are, are we really are we really ten minutes into the show? We're just cracking the case that Mr. Belvedere is a maid, not a butler, or like we just basically said, you know, if he's in a hotel room, he'll fluff your pillow and leave a mint on it for you. That's what Mr. Belvedere is. Kind of. I think he's a housekeeper because he manages the house, dude. Someone said well, he's a house manager recently. That was well, is he, is he, well, is he a, a, a high-class housekeeper? Does he fold the toilet paper after he cleans the bathroom? <laughs> well, that I never saw that episode. So if anybody saw that one, let us know in the comments. Uh, which you can, by the way, on the live stream, you can comment on anything you hear at any time, and we will put it up on the board, or we will try to answer your questions. In fact, I guarantee you, if you ask a question, we will ask it to the appropriate party. But yes, Mr. Belvedere, he's a guy who takes care of housekeeping duties. And this is housekeeping for the show, which I haven't even talked about yet. Yes, we have a listener league now. It's official. So I want people to get involved. It's set up through NFBC. Very nice of them to kind of do this for us. It's officially called the Palazzo Invitational. It's the inaugural one. We're very excited about it. So you can find that on our Twitter feed or my Twitter feed at MJ Govier. Just head on over there, click on the link and sign up. And if the first league fills up, which it's very, very close to doing, another league will just start right up. And if we have two or three leagues, we'll have an overall winner of all the leagues. So nobody will be left out. Everybody can have a chance to sign up. And I I just want to thank Derek. Shout out to the NFBC for helping us out with that. That was very cool. 
and they didn't have to do that, and they did. It's a Draft Champions, Draft and Hold, 15-team, Roto 5x5. If you're not familiar with it, this is also a good opportunity to try to get to know the NFBC for a first time without feeling a fear of reprisal in any way. Not that that would normally happen in any NFBC league, but I'm just saying, if you're nervous or scared, you know, like, Deary, have you ever done an NFBC league? Won't this be your first one? And we've lost him. He's gone. Deary. Anyways, I don't know if he's there or not. It'll be his first NFBC league. I was a setup for a simple answer. So, <laughs> so that's it. So hopefully you'll join the league. Find the link. DM me if you need to find uh, the info on it. It's available on all our Twitter feeds. And a shout out to Mark Kiefer for keeping Max Freeze in line on uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony references. Apparently Max Freeze made a mistake on the show. And Mark Kiefer corrected him. And I promised him I would shout him out on the show. Thanks, Mark. Well done. Thank you to everybody who's been a part of the show, who's helped build the community. It's been a huge pleasure. All right, that's enough of me ranting about how awesome we are. Really, it's about how awesome everybody else is. Now, guys, why don't we get into something that we like to call Leading Off. Today's leading off segment, we'll keep it simple. One of the things I wanted to talk about was Aaron Sanchez going to the San Francisco Giants. This contract blew my mind. $4 million? $4 million? Did I miss something? Uh, wasn't he having a terrible problem throwing the ball as recently as last season? Yeah, he had a thoracic, was it the shoulder thoracic outlet surgery or whatever it was? But they said in his um, his practices where teams came out and watched him, his throwing session, he was consistently throwing 98 with command. And so it got teams giddy. What the Giants will do is they'll probably use him out of the bullpen. Hope he does well. Flip him. Call it a day. That's that's the plan. I think <laughs> that took place there. That's what Farhan's doing right now. He's just he's churning and burning like a fab roster. And um, he's getting ready for next year when $100 million comes off the books. And then another 40 the following year. And the Giants will be back to, uh, you know, a new dynasty run in the, the 20s. How can you top that, Toby? Uh, I don't know. I mean, if he's throwing, if he's throwing 98 consistently, he's up over four miles per hour from uh, what he pre- previously threw at. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see kind of where he's at. He's never really been, he's not kind of a, I think a typical, uh, re, you know, stud reliever or pitcher these days, right? He doesn't generate a lot of swing and miss uh, or he hasn't recently doesn't have a, a high K rate. So it'll be interesting to see what, what, um, what happens? I mean, I'm not super interested in him. I don't think, I don't, I don't think he'll have like a high leverage role there necessarily to begin with. But we'll see. Boy, I think is there anybody who's not taken a chance on him at least once or twice? I mean, whether it was with Toronto <laughs> or that run he had in Houston, which there was a brief run in Houston where he was like, "Wow, I loved what I was seeing." But it's always short lived, and we never quite got what I thought we should have got out of him. And if the Giants could get more out of him, I mean, Bubba, I would love that. I think that would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be amazing. I remember when he went to the Astros, everyone said, oh, look, at the Astros can change anybody. So they'll change Aaron Sanchez. And it worked for like <laughs> two starts, and then boom goes to Dynamite. So that ended pretty poorly. Um, I think the Giants, like I said, they're going to try to put him in the best spots they can, but they're not going to overdo him. I wouldn't expect miracles. I wouldn't draft him. But um, they're going to try to showcase him the best they can. He'll always have his 2016, too. You know, when he was like really we had good. Like a, like a three ERA that year? Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. I think he was actually like top five in Cy Young or something like that. 
it which wow. just shows you how quickly the game has changed. You know, a guy who strikes out 160 Everybody. guys in, you know, 200 innings can be a top five Cy Young candidate back in 2016. And now, you know, you wouldn't even enter the conversation, right? Kyle Hendricks does that every single year and he's just Kyle Hendricks. <laughs> Ouch. Jeez. I know you didn't mean that to be harsh, but it was funny. No, I, I would never be harsh on Kyle Hendricks. I love Kyle Hendricks, you know. You, by the way, you, you, you're you wearing the San Diego Padres hat, and Tati signed a mega deal today. So what a, what a yeah. salute to the Padres. I mean, I wish I wish that I had, you know, been wearing this before that had happened. But uh, I, I happen to have a San Diego Padres hat. I'm not even a fan. Like, I'm a fan because, you know, they're an exciting team to watch, and I enjoy them. But one of the... One of the negatives of being obsessed with fantasy baseball is that you, you know, your love of maybe a team dwindles a little bit. So kind of in that spot, although I'm trying to rekindle my love for the, for the Seattle Mariners. I lived in Seattle for seven and a half years and used to go to games all the time and really enjoyed them as a team. The fan base is great. Going to Safeco um, was always a lot of fun, but um yeah i just i'm into fantasy baseball but my four-year-old is a huge fan i mentioned this on the podcast last time he's become a huge fan of the mariners and he like wakes up some mornings and the first thing he says is are the mariners playing today and so it's just like i gotta i gotta be on board with the mariners we just gotta convince my seven-year-old too because he's kind of he's a he's a he's a reds fan because he was on the reds in little league you know and so he's kind of at that age where you know, whatever you do in little league kind of translates into your overall life. So, so true. I can think of that. And you brought up two points there first. Yes. Little league influences your fandom in a sense. I know a guy who had, he was like a pirates guy and he ended up becoming a pirates guy, even though he didn't live in Pittsburgh. He, I think there was part of his youth team or something. And that's just how it went. And it's still like that to this day. But the other thing is, uh, you know, the fandom thing dwindling, when you play fantasy baseball, I'm a Tigers guy. I live in Detroit area. I love the Tigers. But I do admit that fantasy baseball is more of a priority to me most of the time than my fandom. <laughs> it helps being a Tigers fan, doesn't it? Ah! <laughs> it's like me. You're... I'm a Giants fan. But, yeah, you're um... an asshole. <laughs> I, I was there when Pablo took Verlander deep for three three and one games. Yeah. So Why cool. does this keep game coming one. up on every game other one. episode? I swear to God. We've had this conversation like five times in the last two months. I swear. Wait, Giants saw, fans are everywhere. Yeah, well, because, you know. That's what happens when you're really good. Teams, hey, guys I've been just, a giant, can't, guys just a, hop on the bandwagon. No, I was just a Giants fan bandwagon. when they were garbage in Candlestick Park, so I don't even want to hear that. Yeah, you were a Giants I, fan I, when you were living in Kansas City, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See? Yes. Baba is an original Will Clark fan. Yeah, yeah, we actually grew up seven miles away from each other. Yeah, uh, we didn't know that. So we, 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 we know the Giants of – of old, the Giants yes. would have never won no. a World Series. <laughs> when I was a kid, I never thought I'd see one in my lifetime. Let's put it that way. Sure. So I know your pain, Michael. Yes, that's true. It's so quick. How, like the Red Sox and the Giants, their fortunes change like that. And now, yep. they're, now they've got many, many titles. In fact, they both have three apiece, which is yep. interesting. So, Okay, I, I appreciate that. I'm going to let it slide because you showed some compassion and empathy so thank you no problem but fun fun story i'll add since i didn't share anything deep about myself um i lived in boston for the red sox 2004 world series Ooh. and i lived like right outside um kenmore square which is where fenway park is 
uh, for 24, uh, 2004, 2007, the first Super Bowl championship that the Patriots had oh, actually sure. went to the first start of Tom Brady's career against the Indianapolis Colts. So 2001. Wow. Yep. Uh, that's a, there's a little, there's a little, I don't know if that's depth, but you know, at least some fun, fun, some fun trivia. It's not the depth. It's the way you tell it. It's so beautiful. Well done. No. Well, well thank done. you, Michael. I saw Tom Brady play at Michigan, of course, because I went to Michigan. So, but we never <laughs> I, knew he would become the Tom Brady he is. So, I was yeah. a huge Michigan fan growing up. Charles really? Woodson is my favorite football player yeah. of all time. Hell yes! Oh yeah! I will applaud that. I, oh, still yeah. one of my favorite players of all time. I always pick number two if I get a jersey because I just think of that number two in the oh. old maize and blue. Man, he was the best. Oh, he <laughs> said he was so good. Like they'd throw over to his side, you know, twice a game. And he'd yeah. still end up somehow with three interceptions, you know? He was one of the true, like, original shutdown corners. I mean, Dion probably maybe first, but Charles Woodson was right in line with that. Anyways, this is not a college football podcast. Supposedly, it's about fantasy baseball. It's the Hanson Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, which is on Twitter, Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. I just say that so I can play the drop every time when I can hit the button, which I couldn't. Utah, give me two. All right, so Aaron Sanchez. I bet... He's not been drafted very much, even in like DCs and super, super deep leagues. So it'll be interesting to see how his ADP bumps up now because of this. Next. Oh, you got something you want to add? I'm in a DC right now, and he just went like around pick 500. Yeah, see, that was definitely not happening before. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely wasn't happening. I don't know if it should happen, but um, what can you do? Recency bias. It's actually fascinating how news will break like this. And guys will push up like 100, 200 picks in ADP. And then two weeks later, they're back where they were before because people are like, oh, they, I, I actually got to look at the numbers and he still sucks. <laughs> look, at, look at our news cycle, man. It explains everything we need to know about how people operate today. And that includes me. I'm not saying I'm not exempt for that, but that's just how we're, that's how we're built now. It's, it's boom. There it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot. Uh, in fact, I wanted to start a new segment I thought of tonight right before we started the show called like story time where like we tell a story about a player because we forget so much i mean it'd be a little more detailed and involved probably but we forget all these things about the journey certain players are on we just look i'm not saying we always do but generally we seem to look right where they are in the moment without much context of like where they are in their career arc and these things matter you know mm-hmm. totally for sure there it is maybe it'll be a new segment maybe it won't who knows it's just something i thought of on the way to the grocery store what about the biggest unknowns here? The other part of leading off, I wanted to get get it on the record now because spring training has officially started. No games yet, but we they're down there. They're doing their thing. And what are the biggest unknowns? Uh, we'll start with you, Bubba. You know, give us a big unknown that is still a, a concern for you or is an exciting topic for you. It could be anything, really. But in terms of the overall game, uh, anything you want to go with, you can throw it out there. I guess the the biggest concern is we've heard a few more teams even mention it today when pitchers and catchers reported is uh, six man rotations. It'll make things very very interesting for certain pitchers that we might be high on, might be low on. That you know, uh, I talked to Michael Simeone and he made a great point that some of those guys you might be low on that extra days rest, maybe they throw you know six quality innings now every six days instead of five and a half bad innings every five days or something. Mm-hmm. So it, it's an interesting way to look at it. From that perspective, but like if you're going for a top end pitcher, you lose an X amount of starts, which could be rough as well. But right now, I think I think we're up to like eight or almost nine teams that said they're either using or highly considering a six man rotation. So almost a third of the league now is talking about it. 
And that'll just make things really interesting for roster spots, for uh, how builds are formed on your fantasy team. And uh, especially, you know, these NFBC leagues where you set your pitchers once a week, a lot of two-star pitchers aren't going to exist anymore. So it's going to get quite interesting, especially for a guy like Toby who runs that fab wider like crazy. Those two-star pitchers are going to get harder and harder to find. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. I mean, the pitching is just a whole it's just a whole thing, you know, trying to figure that out. I think, again, like the elite starting pitching has more value uh, and will continue to have value as a result of that. I mean, I think for me in spring training, I mean, um, it's kind of it's not necessarily one thing, but I think, you know, uh, kind of lineups and position battles are obviously key. I mean, there's so many guys with um, with with a lot of potential, but it depends on you know whether they're platooned or not, you know, whether where they end up in the lineup. And so as we see lineups and we start to learn a little bit more and the other things that I'm always looking for in spring training. And again, this is not to be uh, boring or like too fantasy centric is is fastball velocities of starting pitchers. I'm always like keen to find out who's going to be the Lucas Giolito who bumps up a couple miles per hour. Um, so those are some of the things that I kind of I've kind of look at. Uh, I guess those are a little bit more micro than like macro issues, but you know, that's kind of really what I'm, what I'm interested in, in spring training and, and, and seeing. Do either of you think the DH will still show up? Because I've been listening to everybody. I listened to launch angle the other day with Jeff Zimmerman and Van Lee, friend of the show and the return of the one and only Rob Silver and Silver and Zimmerman both disagreed on whether the DH would still be a part of the 2021 season. Uh, Bubba, what do you think right now? I, I've said it and I'll continue to say it. As long as the owners are trying for expanded playoffs, the DH is still in play. That's like that's the bargaining chip. Basically, the players get the DH, and it just depends on what how much of the share of the playoffs money that the owners are willing to give up. Right now, they're not giving up much at all. If they start dangling the, the financial carrot with the DH, you might get it. So as long as that's out there, I think there's always a chance. Now, the chance is getting slimmer and slimmer because I think once they actually start – playing real games that disappears so um as long as the opening day hasn't started yet it's still in play and i wouldn't be shocked if something really stupid happens that makes it happen and i want the dh don't get me wrong he wants it he's gotta have it what about you toby yeah i mean i, I want the dh too um i agree with bubba in the sense that uh, you know there's always it's always there's always they're always debating and they're trying to figure out the owners are trying to make more money and the players are trying to get um you know, either more roster spots or, um, you know, the DH just isn't, isn't all that helpful to them. I think maybe the players recognize that. And the fact that, you know, you really, you really disincentivize building a really strong team when you add the expanded playoffs. I think that I'm not sure the players will go for that um, anymore. And so there's gotta be something bigger. So I'd say I'm probably pessimistic just because I don't think that there's like a one for one trade there that works. And I don't think that the owners will give in to them at all, given kind of the overall labor context. And so um, the one thing that I think is interesting, though, is so many teams built like they were going to be have a DH. You know, you think about the Mets, obviously, they're yeah. hurt considerably. Uh, you think about the the Nationals, I think, you know, not just because of Schwarber, but just just how not having the DH impacts their ability to kind of move him around and um, some other pieces uh, on the, the same Rockies podcast. with Crone? Yeah, I mean, Crone. Crone's a starting first baseman. He doesn't need the DH. Yeah, Fuentes is, well, Fuentes yeah. is bad. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't, you oh, got, oh, we're anti Fuentes here? We're, we're more pro Crone. 
<laughs> I'm anti Fuentes. I think. Yeah. yeah. Not not because I mean, I'd have to like look at his player page just to see. I'm fairly certain he ran a super high Babbitt, but if you look throughout his minor league career, he has like a two to three percent walk rate. You know, and that's just it's that's not cool. like so it's just hard to be a good baseball player when you do that, um, unless you have another skill set, which I'm not sure he necessarily does. Like I haven't heard of him being particularly good defensively or he doesn't have a ton of power either. So all the things that we kind of value in the game today, Fuentes lacks. <sighs> this is interesting. It kind of reminds me of the Tim Anderson argument about contact because he makes good contact and a lot of contact. He doesn't walk. But he has a perennially high BAP, and we're not going to go off an old Fuentes tangent, but he does have a perennially high BABIP in his big sample sizes in the minors, like 360-plus, two times in over 100-plus games. So if that's the kind of player he is, I I always thought Tim Anderson was full of crap. I'm like, oh, this guy just never yeah, walks. Tim and- Anderson hits it really hard also, which increases the BABIP. Ground ball, hard hit, BABIP. Yeah, I guess I'd have to look up Fuentes' stat cast to see how hard he hits it. So you got me yeah. there. I'll Fuentes, accept the loss for now. Fuentes has one barrel in his career. His max exit velocity is 103.6 miles per hour. It's not which, if if you if you if you listen, uh, I like to talk about Kevin Biggio and how he's like <laughs> the softest hitting guy in all of baseball. Fuentes is below the Kevin Biggio line. Basically, Fuentes, Fuentes might be the only player in Coors Field to get hurt by the dead in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't know what you're talking about, man. But he could, be, he I... could help out in batting average. He could help out in batting average. You're right. Hey. He has some, some high high batting averages, low strikeout rates. Um, but it's just it's tough when you don't have power, you don't have speed, you don't get on base. But it is the Rockies, right? And so yeah. I'm not even sure the Rockies understand the value of OBP. <laughs> yeah, they don't. I don't think they're down with OBP. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> yep. In fact, uh, if that, I think that was already done as a song. I probably would have done that one a while ago. It makes total <laughs> sense. But that's the name of a podcast, so I didn't want to do it because the podcast reserves the first rights. Look, I'm not going to die in a Fuentes Hill here. I, I'm mildly interested, but you guys make some good points, and that kind of minimizes my desire. I, and this is way deep anyways. This is mostly yeah. easy. wouldn't be drafted. So, Okay. I think drafted there's a lot of other Aaron Sanchez. Yes. Yeah, I'll support right. that. I'll support that. Yes. I could live with that. I could live with that. I'll lock that in right now. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> I have a lot of other concerns, but we'll table those for now. Uh, COVID is a concern. We saw it today, by the way. The first day of spring training, all of a sudden, oh, by the way, Sean Murphy's collapsed lung and uh, Montas has COVID. It just drops on the first day like we didn't know yeah. it the day before. Seems strange, like they were holding yeah. it or something. Yeah. Well, like Chris Bassett was getting interviewed and someone asked him about a starting catcher. Uh, did he did he hear about him as he talked to him? He's like, this is the first I've heard of it. <laughs> wow! I was like, wow, that is impressive stuff right there. Yeah, that's deep cover. Shit. Yes, yet yet he's had surgery and he's already. They said he's already going to be ready to go for opening day. So I don't know. Man, the well, A's. Yep. We that's know the risk of early drafting. We always have. So if you drafted some guys and COVID comes up, it's just part of the game. Is that how you guys would feel, real quick, Bubba? Like. COVID is just a, it's a fluke thing that ha- can happen to anybody. So if it happens to him, it happens. You're not going to be drafting players because you think they might be more susceptible, right? No. no, it's just like last year we saw it. You really had no idea what was going to happen. And it just, it hits you and it stunk, but it's just the way it goes. It's, it's an unfortunate uh, situation we live in right now. And he's got to kind of embrace the weird. Toby? Yeah, I don't think you can, you know, you, you can't really project or predict who yeah, is going to get it or not. But like, I, I guess you could say Florida, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it, yeah, it's <laughs> <gonna say it. laughs> it's um, it's interesting though how it impacts people so differently, you know. And that's one of the oh. challenges is if if a player like like Montas has COVID, you know, and you hate to just like you always want to put the caveat out there, right? We're talking about human beings and and people, so we don't want to trivialize it as like our fantasy baseball is you know is the most important thing, but like. For Montas, you just don't know. Like sometimes it hits you like it hit Moncada, right? Where he talks mm-hmm. about how he never had the energy. Like his legs were just heavy for him the entire time. You know, an Austin Meadows, somebody like that, or a DJ LeMahieu, right? Where he doesn't skip a beat. Um, so it's really hard to tell. And it, it, you know, you just have to kind of, especially in spring training, as you learn about people who have had, who have had it or who get it, you got to factor that into your consideration. Well said, sir. We never trivialize lives here. I do a podcast on mental health with my girlfriend, and we always talk about mental health as much as we can on this show because they are players and human beings. I talked about it with Sarah Sanchez last week, and I've talked about it before. So I completely commend you for saying that, and I concur. But we are gambling, and there is money involved, so I'm not going to deny that factor either. So who knows what side of the fence I'm on? Anyways, let's have some fun because I know that we have not been having fun so far. It's been a depressing show, and... uh, I thought we would maybe pep it up a little bit with something we call Enrico's Inquisition. Bryce Harper or Lenny Dykstra? Bryce Harper. Oceans or lakes? Which do you prefer? Lakes. Oceans terrify me. Van Halen or Van Hagar? Oh, (laughs) Van Halen. Not a contest. WW84, the movie, or Trevor Bauer? Trevor Bauer has more positive things going for him. He is a good pitcher. Get ready for some doozies, because it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, Enrico's Inquisition. (laughs) That's right, it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, where we ask you guys goofy this or that scenarios or questions at random and at will. No big deal, no pressure. This should be an easy, relaxing part of this show. By the way, uh, Deary tells me that he cannot get back online. So if you're listening to the podcast, you're like, hey, where'd Deary go? Well, he can't get back online. He's got internet issues. Sorry. Sorry, folks. He uh, sends his regards, though. He misses everybody. And he will be back when he can. All right. Let's start with Toby. Toby, you're up first. And it's an easy one. It's not that complicated. Do you prefer sandals <laughs> i couldn't think of the word oh my gosh what's wrong with you? sandals or flip-flops oh man this is tough um he said it was I'm, an easy one <laughs> no because i mean the thing with i've never liked flip-flops you know i've never like so i'd go with like a birkenstock birkenstock is my sandal of choice that gives you a little bit more you know kind of background into me a little bit more depth so california no, Aaron, no, it's not California. Uh, that, that's uh, that explains the beard and the uh, flannel the, plaid shirts. The, the, plaid. Yes. <laughs> the plaid, the flannel. Uh, I am nothing but a walking stereotype. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, no, I would go with sandals. The thing I don't like about flip flops is just how um, how like the thing in the 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 thing in the middle that goes through yeah uh, just rubs against the inside of your in between your big toe and the and the second toe. You know what I'm talking about? Like, sure. It's just that's not that's not comfortable to me. And also, you you can never center them. You know, you're always walking on kind of the inside of them. 
So I would go sandals easy. The more I think about this, this is kind of, this is a blowout. <laughs> Not even close, Dale. Uh, what about you, Bubba? I'm a flip flops and shorts kind of guy. I I have I, I pay for good ones because they're comfortable and they have like arch support and everything. They're not the old navy 299 ones that maybe hurt your feet. So and I have wide feet, so I don't have to worry about falling in the center. So it's, uh, I'm gonna go flip flops. You thankful for your wide feet, Bubba? All right. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the perks about being a guy my size, I guess. <laughs> That's great, man. I gotta tell you, I have high I arches. To... All right. Hey. Well, the list the other question just found that we disagree on, so you're welcome. <laughs> there, you, there you go. That's, that's the battle royale that we're going to have. Dude, I used to listen, to, I still listen to a band called No Effects from California, punk Ooh. band. And uh, yeah. they had a song called Jeff Wears Birkenstocks and was making fun of people who wear Birkenstocks. Anyways, it's no, it's, you're still a good guy, Toby. I like you. I just want to point he's out from that Davis. That it happens. Thank you. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my, um, my cousin used to have a zine. Remember, the, I'm sure they're still around, but like the like zines, the kind of like miniature magazines that people used to put together. I thought you were um, saying Zoom incorrectly. No, 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 maybe not. Maybe I'm saying it incorrectly. But I've never zine. heard of he, a zine. He interviewed uh, NoFX um, back in the day. So it's fun. <laughs> Toby, you've lost a fan today, apparently. I'm sorry. <laughs> because of my, because of my, because of my sandals. Oh, I, love it. Hey, I, I just post the comments. I don't write them. You want to know something? This is unbelievable. We even have the same soccer team. Me wow. and SMMS79. Yeah. We were, we're Liverpool supporters. Both of us. And I can't believe that he would abandon me so quickly. There's a saying that Liverpool Football Club has that says, you'll never walk alone. I feel alone right now. <laughs> is that really as they're saying? Yeah. Yeah, there's a song. It's a great song. Um, you'll never walk. Uh, you'll never walk alone. Walk uh, on maybe I'll uh... walk on the rain. <laughs> I might throw this on the podcast after the fact and in the post production. So. You should. It's a, it's a fantastic song. The most recognized soccer song in the whole world. Uh, I didn't yeah. know there's a thing, a category known as soccer songs. Wow. Neither, neither did yeah. I. <laughs> Oh, here we go. Sim, he's confident. When you walk through the storm, you don't wear Birkenstocks. That's what Sim says. I, hey. I wear whatever I want. That's right. You got to be you. And that's why I have you guys on the show. You're both original. You're both fresh. Uh, to Bubble, go first on this one. Who do you prefer? DJ Jazzy Jeff or the Fresh Prince? Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince. Man, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I'm going to go with DJ Jazzy Jeff because oh. Fresh Prince... Fresh Prince always got the pub and everything with DJ Jazzy Jeff. He like carried the whole thing. So I'm going to go with DJ Jazzy Jeff sitting in the back carrying the show. So there he is. My man, I can dig it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go the same. We're going to agree on that one. Hey. Don't have a strong feeling about it, but I never, I was never a huge Will Smith fan. Yeah, you know what I So His movies now are just terrible, I got to say. Um, they're not good anymore. They, I used to like his songs and stuff in the 90s, and I loved The Fresh Prince. That was a great show. Um, things have gone downhill since, like, yeah. Wild Wild West, maybe? <laughs> oh, man. That, that's, that one was... where he, that one, that's one where he better got paid a lot of money because that's when you just want to – when you look at your catalog, you're just like, that one never happened. I got paid. Like, there's always, that <laughs> get, there's always that get paid one, and then there's the passion projects. That was definitely not a passion project. <laughs> no. No, it certainly wasn't. <laughs> Uh, Honest Ron Baseball is commenting here on the live stream. Got the last spot for the Palazzo NFBC League, and I'm also in Bubba's TGFBI League. Party! Yes, indeedy. Yes, indeedy. 
Beauty of TGFBI, getting to meet a lot of new people. So I love it. Yeah, that's one of the great parts about it. I met so many new people last year. Very cool, very cool. Thanks, Honest Rod, for signing up. Just because that league's full doesn't mean we'll be done, though. The next league will start now, and you can automatically sign up on the same link that we have available. So, good times. All right, well, that's interesting. Uh, we always ask this one. It's the fun one. Toby, curveballs or sliders? I know we put the tough ones to you here. It's not cool. Um, I'm going to go with curveballs. Curveballs are a little bit more of a multi-dimensional pitch for me. I mean, like sliders, sliders induce a lot of whips, but they also get hit pretty hard when you make a mistake. Curveballs, you know, they generally don't, they don't generate as much of a, as many whiffs as sliders do necessarily, but they can when effective. They look pretty. I mean, like a Clayton Kershaw, like 12 to sixer, like that's, that's some, that's some fresh stuff right there. And then they also, uh, generally speaking, I think generate poorer contact overall, higher ground ball rate. And so when you think about it, you know, they are kind of, they're representative of, of the perfect pitcher, a curveball. See, you are so deep, man. I, every mm-hmm. answer you give is so thoughtful. I do appreciate that. Uh, but, but what about you? <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go curveball, too. Like, there's the part that it does live in uh, hard contact, but they do have the phrase, hang me, bang me. So that, that does happen <laughs> with curveballs. But I love curveballs for two reasons. A, they're beautiful, a good 12 to 6. The curveball thing, just uh, the Kershaw thing, sticks out in my mind. But when I played Little League and I pitched, it was, you know, you learn how to throw a fastball, and then they taught me how to throw a curveball in my second pitch. And, you know, when you're one of the first ones to learn how to throw it, it's the coolest thing watching a, a guy at the plate just have no idea what's coming. And it just, just drops in, and you felt like you are a king on the mound. So, yeah, curveballs all day long. Man, those are great answers. I can respect that. I can respect it. Uh, here's one I haven't asked in a long time, and it's in the promo to start the second. Uh, oceans or lakes, Toby? <laughs> um, oh, man, this is a tough one for me. You are a, you're a deep, complicated man. Aren't you? you're, a, you're a philosopher. I mean, I, you, know, you see both I'm, sides. I'm kind of a river guy. Uh, I live near I, I live near a, a, a fairly large river called the Yuba River uh, in Northern California. Um, but of the two, I would go oceans. I would go oceans. Lakes creep me out a little bit. Like lakes, you know, depending on the size, and I no disrespect to the Great Lakes, right? The Great Lakes are essentially <laughs> an ocean, sure. right? They're an ocean in the middle of a landmass. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean you've lived it but like i remember seeing the pictures of that of the ice in uh i think it was like michigan or lake superior whichever one is right against chicago like with the waves and you're just like lake michigan um and so but um but lakes like if they're smaller lakes and like the water's really still you get mosquitoes you know and you're just never quite sure what's going to be in a in in a lake like, is it going to have a sandy or like rocky bottom, or is it going to be like a filthy, muddy bottom of a lake? Whereas with an ocean, I just don't go in at all. No, I, <laughs> I go in a little bit because I'm not a great swimmer. Um, but oceans are absolutely beautiful. I mean, being on the beach and looking at the ocean, you know, Northern California, Oregon coast, Washington coast. I mean, Southern California gets all the play, but like, you know, yeah. oh, there's some unbelievable beaches on in Northern California and, and on the northern coast of the western part of the United States. So um, I'm hardcore into oceans over lakes, I think. 
So, yeah. There it is. That was beautiful. Another thoughtful answer. Thank you, my friend. Uh, Bubba, not you. You have a third option, or are you going to go one or the other? No, I'll stick to the two. Um, I... (laughs) I, I got I got married on a beach by an ocean, but I'm gonna go lakes because lakes you can have a lot more fun. You can get houseboats and party on a lake. You can um, you know jet ski on a lake. You can do fish on a lake. You can fish in the ocean, but it can get nasty at times. I've done it. It's fun, but it's nasty. But you can do a lot more on a lake. And uh, there's cabins on lakes. Like you go vacationing on the lakes. I'm I'm a big fan of lakes over the ocean. The ocean's fun. To, like walk around on. But like Toby said. Unless you're like surfing, you're really not doing a whole lot in the water. And if you look at me, buoyancy is not my best attribute. So I'm probably not surfing. Just going to throw it out there. I just want to point out the fact that Bubba just said, I got married on a beach by the ocean and then yes. chose lakes. Yeah, because the, the most important part about getting married is my wife, which was not one of the two questions. You want to know? I, I, I proposed to my wife on bluffs overlooking the ocean. And go. I went with oceans. Baba. Well, you're just a better I mean, man than me. You, every time, you work Birkenstocks, every time I think about you're better oceans, than I me. just think about this beautiful, wonderful moment in my life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I got to tell you, that's that's some good stuff, Bubba. Are you born and raised California? Oh, yeah, born and raised. Uh, like okay. I said, we grew up like seven minutes apart, and then when I graduated college, I moved uh, a little farther south, and, yeah, I've been born and raised in California. Yeah. But beginning to end, okay, that's cool. I didn't know if you'd uh, lived elsewhere. uh, No, I'll retire elsewhere, but uh, for now I live in California. Hey, come to Michigan. Uh, No, no, I I visit my friends in Wisconsin, but once it gets cold, I go away. So um, I I understand snowbirds very well. I just, I can't live in the snow full time. I just can't do it. Who could? Who could? Yeah, you guys are are a different breed. You should have seen the trek out to my car here. It snowed like a son of a bitch the other day. I tried to open my back door and I was like, yeah. what, oh, it snowed a lot. Yeah, it was not easy to get there. And I don't have very good boots. And the snow got in my socks. Oh, Dude, nasty. Oh, no man. good. No good. You know that feeling? It sucks. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. And then yeah, it all melts and your socks are wet when you're in the car. And... Yeah. It's like, you, and you can't go back, right? Once that no. snow <laughs> infiltrates, it's yeah, like, you accept there's it. discomfort for the rest yeah. of the time that you have those socks. Now, now your pot, your pot committed. You're just in. So. It's like sure. breaking the seal on your feet. Yep, yeah, you exactly. <laughs> it's over. Just, just live with it. <laughs> oh man, that's good. That's a great one. So, so you're a Giants fan. Are you a Giants fan too, Toby? Or did I? You're just um, like you said. The fandom is minimized now. So, so I'm. I have a complex relationship with fandom. Um, mm-hmm. So when I when I was growing up, I used to go to Giants games mostly. Um, but when I was growing up, the A's were really good. And I was always kind of like, didn't like to like the teams that were good. And so when I was younger, the first team, the first team that I remember liking, um, I mean, ever following is the Red Sox because my dad was from um, Massachusetts. And so he was a big Red Sox fan and used to follow them. So like, you know, Jody Reed and, you know, Dwight Evans and all of those guys. Um, but then when I when uh, I would get home from school, all of the Cubs games would be on WGN, um, and Classic. so I used to watch Ryan Sandberg, Andre Dawson. You know when they used to have the old home run derbies on WGN too. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. So I would. That was, was a huge come... advantage for them, for the fandom of Cub fans. It was a huge advantage. Oh. The Braves well, them and the, and the Cubs Braves on TBS. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. My little brother was a huge Braves fan growing up. Um, and so I liked the Cubs a lot. And then I discovered Robin Ventura, who was my favorite player growing up. 
Um, so from when he came in baseball until pretty much his retirement, I kind of followed him. So I was a big White Sox fan um, for a long time, also on WGN, you know, even back in the day, listening to Hawk Harrelson and, um, and stuff. And uh, so, I, so I was a fan of them. And then I liked the Mets because Robin Ventura went to the Mets. And then when I moved to Boston, I kind of embraced the Red Sox wholeheartedly. And then they got good and like a little bit like the Yankees, you know, not quite like the Yankees, but like I just lost a little bit of interest. So that was the last time team that I really loved that I like really put my heart and soul into, you know, like the Mariners. Okay. While I lived there, but they were never good enough to really get into it. So that's a really long answer to your short question. I'm not a giant. I'm not a Giants fan, but I like them and I like their fan base and I like Bubba. So, I'm happy for him. Uh, Bubba, In and Out or Fat Burger? Uh, in and Out. I've never had Fat Burger. Oh, okay. Yeah. Toby? Yeah. Uh, Unless you're I, not a meat eater. Yeah, I'm he's a not a meat eater. I'm a pescatarian. I do not eat meat, I eat fish. Uh, so, when I used to eat meat, I was not a big In and Out fan. Not going to lie. Um, you know, I was a Wendy's, I was a Wendy's guy. I was a 99 cent value meal guy. I was yeah, at, the at lunch. Bacon we had open campus at lunch in high school. And so we'd all go out to lunch during high school. So we'd go to Wendy's, you get two junior bacon cheeseburgers, you get chicken nuggets and a frosty for 425 with tax. Can't beat it. I mean, that was, that was really good. But, I love uh, the spicy yeah. chicken. Spicy chicken was always a great sandwich there. It still is. If I haven't been to a Wendy's, I haven't had fast food since COVID started. I got this weird mm-hmm. paranoia that there would be COVID in my food, which is actually good for my health because it got me off fast food. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. It's yeah. also totally irrational for the record. Yeah. <laughs> very unlikely that hot food will have COVID on it. Just very unlikely, but it's a good. If you're going to pick something to be irrational about with COVID, that's a good one for your health, like you said. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Okay, uh, we got to move on. Finally, the question we always put it to you. For love or money? Toby, you go first. Dude, are there people who respond money? Yes. Really? Wow. Yeah. I've asked it to about 30 people. Yeah. Uh, I, I would go with love. you got to lead with love all the time. It's got to be the center of it all. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say love as well because there's a couple reasons. Um, in order to do over 300 podcasts for basically no money, you have to love doing it. Um, you, um, you if, when you love the game, it's what makes you do what we're doing right now. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking to you. Um, and also, if you love something enough, you'll be very good at it, and eventually, you'll make money. Well said, guys. Well done. That was a lovely segment of, hey, it's Enrico Palazzo's Inquisition. Although we don't know Enrico personally. No one does because he's a fictional character. But if he was to do something like that, this is how it would go. We thank you guys for being good sports. Very cool of both of you, Toby and Bubba. Don't forget, Bat Flip Crazy and Bench with Bubba are both podcasts that are available on... Actually, Bubba, I want to ask you, is your podcast not on Apple or am I an idiot? Oh, it is definitely on Apple. Yes, okay. it's 100% on idiot. Apple. So there you go. Yeah, if you can rate and review on Apple, go for it, guys. I, I did Last night, I went on there, and I was like, oh, I got to re- rate and review both of these dudes because I like to do that. 
it's a good reminder when people come on. I should have been doing it anyways, but just in case. Turns out I'd already raided Mr. Batflip Crazy a year ago, and uh, I didn't even know. Wow, so thank you. You, you can't re-review. You can only just repost what you already wrote. But then I tried to look for Bench with Bubba, and I couldn't find it on Apple. And I'm like, am I a moron? I mean, what's going on? Well, I tweet out the uh, link to the Apple podcast show every time. So click on that, and it'll send you to where you need to go. There it is right there. I swear it didn't come up yesterday. Now it's right here. This is a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy <laughs> theory. That's what it is. Subscribe, and I will write a review for you later. Check out Bench with Bubba on all standard podcast platforms. Write him a review. Give him five stars on Apple Podcasts. Uh, like this review right here from a Gamecock football fan. Superb fantasy baseball analysis. Don't spread the word. Uh, wait, that's what it's, don't spread the, I didn't, I didn't write that. I'm just, I don't know. People like to write that because they do not want other people to find out the, finding out the really good fantasy baseball information. Yeah. Now like, I see the big picture. Yeah. I've got reviews. It's a thoughtful, on, it's a thoughtful comment though. It sounds like a not thoughtful. Comment. A lot of people do that on uh, Amazon for like books. They'll sit there and say, Oh, it's a great book. Helps me win fantasy leagues, but I hope my league mates don't, don't find it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that makes total sense to me now. I can see why people want to be selfish about their fantasy analysis. Here, that, this it is, reflects well on you, Michael, that you would not have thought of that, of that selfishness. Thank you, know? you thank you. Mm-hmm. I, to try to connect and you know spread the word and be about inclusion as opposed to exclusivity. Anywho, both these guys do great pods. Check them out. Uh, if you've never heard of them for some reason, uh, it's very unlikely that you haven't. Assuming if you're listening to our pod, you've already heard of these guys because these would be people you would heard of before of me. So... Either way, make sure you follow them and give them some love. And, of course, rotofanatic.com. Give us some love at rotofanatic.com. We got rankings. You can see my rankings. And tomorrow there will be a piece called High Low, which is a continuing series where one analyst from Rotofanatic and another analyst go head-to-head. One takes the high, one takes the low. And we focus on a player with the position we're focusing on. Tomorrow's is third base, and I'm going against Matt Williams on the always highly intriguing Chris Bryant. So check out that article. Toby's favorite. Toby's favorite. Yeah. (laughs) I'm taking the low. Matt's taking the high. Toby be taking the low as well. (laughs) Yeah. We're in good company then. Thank you, Toby. I've been been one of the low people on Chris Bryant for the last three years, which has been a key part of my success in fantasy baseball. Wow. Well, his ADP has never been lower in recent memory. So... I had some other thoughts about it, too. That I just don't think he's as passionate about the game. He seems to be more sensitive to the outer chatter, too, than other players. That's, these are just some thoughts, a little teaser for you guys. So, uh, Of course, there'll be stats to back it up, but there's also the other parts of the game we need to, I think, are important. I'm not the best writer in the world. Like Bubba said, uh, I, just, I try to do some writing when I can on the site, and uh, hopefully you enjoy it. Okay, now it's time to settle in to our fantasy focus. This is where we talk... In great detail about fantasy specifics, players, yada, yada, yada. The first segment in our fantasy segment, showdown sec. God, I can't talk. The first segment in our foundational segment about fantasy baseball is called Build Me Up Buttercup. So I'm trying to start this thing. A friend of mine who's a longtime fantasy baseball player named Steve. He's an old friend. Shout out, Steve. You're watching. What's up, man? How's it going? So he told me it would be a great idea if... I could include Buttercup, Build Me Up Buttercup, as like a term on the show and use it as a segment. So I followed through on a promise that I would do that for him. So, of course, there's a song. It's a real quick one. It won't be too long. That It's also about <laughs> Buttercups are basically overinflated values. People who are being pushed up too high, whether it's auction prices or ADP values. And that's kind of what this is about. So as the song kicks in, uh, you know, 
This is a classic. Who doesn't love Bill and Me about Buttercup? It's a lot of fun. So enjoy this briefly, and then we'll talk about some Buttercups, which will be a lot of fun. That's my <laughs> stupid uh, song of the day. Build me up, Buttercup. We all have players where we draft them or like, oh, I drafted them. And I'm never going to get the value back because it's already done. You can't undo draft picks. So I asked these guys to come up with a couple of their own Buttercups that day. Again, it's their own opinion based in fact, hopefully. But this is everyone's own individual opinion. So Toby, why don't you start us off with your first choice? Yeah, my first choice is James Karinchak of uh, the Cleveland baseball team. Uh, he was going at an ADP of 90 right now uh, since February 1st in NFBC drafts, at least the draft champions, 15-teamers. The reason why I chose Karinchak is because, number one, I'm not huge on spending a lot of draft capital on closers. Um, I think that the reason why they have a lot of value is because they have access to saves. Obviously, when a guy has really good skills combined with um, uh, that access to saves is, is really good, but you aren't prevented from getting guys later in drafts that can do those same things. And the thing that concerns me a lot with Karinchak is just, uh, he's all over the place. He has a really high walk rate. Um, and the incentives just for me, you know, you have a Cleveland team that just traded Francisco Lindor and has one of the lowest payrolls in all of baseball who's very fiscally uh, ridiculous. And I don't know, they don't have real financial incentives to make him the closer because the financial incentives are within arbitration, you know, saves pays. And so when he gets to arbitration, they shouldn't want him to have saves. So I see him not necessarily being a lock to be the closer. Although, you know, from everything I've read, it sounds like he is going to get the first shot. But the walk rate is a huge um, concern for me. If you even look at like last season, and again, we're dealing with super small sample sizes, but um, you know, his whip in the second half of the season in his final nine innings was 1.44. He walked 18% of all batters. And he also had ridiculously poor um, or lucky um, uh, home run per, per nine. So he hasn't been particularly good at limiting home runs in the minor leagues, if my memory is serving me correctly, which I should probably double check. Um, no, maybe he's been good at it. But I don't <laughs> think in the majors he's going to have a .33 home run per nine. And so what concerns me about closers is guys who walk guys and give up home runs, potentially. He has a high fly ball rate. Um, so for all of those reasons, I am not into – I think Karinchak is – is uh is not a great pick at at a ninety at an ADP of ninety. Wow, that is some harsh reality for certain folks who love them some Krinchak. He is one of the buzziest up and coming closers that I can think of off the top of my head. But I will say this: we had Shelly Verstrade on a 
couple weeks ago. Uh, shout out to her. And we were thinking that maybe it'll be Emmanuel Kleiss who ends up being the closer and is the better pitcher even in the short term. So that's it's interesting that you bring that up. Uh, Bubba, any quick thoughts on uh, Karinczak yourself? Or? I agree with everything he's saying because I haven't been drafting Karinczak. I've been drafting – I don't mind Kleiss or Klossy. Is it Kleiss or Klossy? I've never figured oh, that one out. I, I no need idea. my pronunciation guy. Yeah, I've never figured it. I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I could be you're wrong. I have no idea. But um, the guy I've been drafting, I talked about it on our show and another show I did, um, is, is uh, Wittegren, the other reliever, mm-hmm. back-end reliever. Nick Wittegren? Who, Nick Wittegren, who we've seen um, get some save chances or he's late-inning work, uh, very qualified to close the game. And if what Toby's saying is correct, which makes a lot of sense, I think Nick Wittegren could bounce in there as well because Classe or Clace is very good throws 100 miles an hour with crazy movement, but it's also inconsistent. Could walk a lot of guys, so there could be trouble. So not that he can't do it, but I think Wittegren's another one that's going super late in drafts. I have him a lot of uh, D- uh, DCs and best ball formats already. Mm. Okay, well, that's a third option I was not considering. That's why we do this show. Hell yes! I, I would I would even add in Phil Maton in there, who's a dominant reliever who also pitches in the Cleveland bullpen. Um he was he was ridiculously good last year. It didn't show up necessarily in the ERA, but swinging strike was strike was outrageous. Nineteen percent on his uh, forcing fastball, um, just absolutely filthy. So I think they've got a lot of options in that bullpen, which is another reason why you just ask yourself like, why put Karinchak in that position where he's going to at least from the ownership standpoint to get access to saves and make more money down the road. Wow. Okay, Phil Maton is 27 years old, 6'3", 220, and he was part of the Padres system, and he's been with yep. the Cleveland, whatever they are, uh, after this name change. 13.29K9, that's mm-hmm. real nice, in 23 games he appeared in, 21 innings last year. Kept the home runs down, the walks per nine, uh, 2.49, and ERA of 4.57 would probably be easily dismissed, but a FIP of 2.22, so... I'm going to look into this more. I wasn't even, this is a name I didn't even know. I know Wittegren at least, but I didn't even know this guy. So well done. Yep. That's very impressive. All right, uh, Bubba, who you got? Um, I, I like to ruffle feathers from time to time. So um, one that I'm definitely going against, going to pick 62 since February 1st in DCs, is Trent Grisham. I have not understood from the life of me from the beginning of why he's going this early. Yes. Um, I, and I love Trent Grisham last year because he was going around pick like 250 or 300. And I was a big believer in what he had and I like what he did. But now you're paying a premium. It's the old saying, you're paying for his career year type stuff, which not a fan of come draft day. Um, we, we saw what his production was. His barrel rate went through the roof. His hard hit rate went through the roof. All these things were great. He hit 251 with a 310 Babbitt, which is a career high for him because he was 286 the year before. He had a 384 in AAA in 2019. But other than that, he's usually below 300 most of the time in the last couple of years. Uh, this is a guy that ran very, very hot. Now I'll hear the counter argument. Okay, he's going to be leading off for the Padres, a great lineup. That's cool and all, until he faces lefties. Then he's going to probably bat eighth or ninth, which he did all of last year against lefties. So I'll keep that in mind. Um, and something we talk about a lot on the show, if you're going to take a guy this early, you want to maximize at bats. So you got a guy like Grisham, when you look at all the projection systems, whatever you want on fan graphs there, I like the bad X, ATC is very good as well. He's projected at 244 to 250 with like 22 home runs and like 14 stolen bases at pick 62. Not bad, but that's not pick 62. What you could get is you could wait another 50 to 60 picks and get Ramon Lariano. Uh, you can get his teammate Tommy Pham hoping he stays healthy. 
You get Andrew McCutcheon later. If you're just drafting him for speed, you can get Lodi Tavares later, some other guys we mentioned. There's so many pieces of the pie for an outfield position that you don't need to take him at pick 62 unless you like think this massive year is coming. But if you want to take that kind of gamble, go around or so earlier and get Kyle Tucker. I'd rather gamble, and this is a guy for listeners from the show, I am not a Luis Robert fan. I'd rather gamble on his upside at a similar batting average than Trent Grisham. So I don't understand why Trent Grisham is going to pick 62. So he's a guy that you can build up your buttercup with. <laughs> he is a buttercup. Yeah, I know. I'm not explained it well. These, your buttercup. Princess Buttercup. Oh, man. Princess Bride. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. But I love what you're saying, Bubba. You are really, you're, you're getting into me. You're getting me. I'm feeling what you're saying because I never, 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 never. I never want to take a guy after a career year, especially if there isn't a historical kind of routine that I can rely on. If I can't go back and be like, hey, here's the data shows. This is who this guy is. This is a one-off. So one-offs are always going to be subject to criticism for me. And I just haven't wanted to draft Grisham at that price. You you nailed it for me. I'm totally down with that. Karinchak also makes a lot of sense to me too now, Toby, because the more I think about it, why would I want to pay for a closer at that high a price who's not even certain to be the closer with a lot of other competitors nipping at his heels? Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. And I hate to be like so all agreeable, but it's true. Both of these are rock solid, and I don't really have shares of either. So you're a brilliant guy, Toby. We're, br- we're we, we we collectively are the two of you as this. Thing that you are, this, you know, two against the world is beautiful. Whatever you guys are, I like it. Uh, Toby, why don't you give us another buttercup? All right. And I don't know about you guys, but whenever I hear Build Me Up Buttercup, I think of There's Something About Mary, the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Have you seen um, that baseball? <laughs> yes. Oh. Yeah, there's, there's baseball involved in that movie. That's a, yep. Maybe we could make that inclusive into the yeah. baseball. Have you ring. seen my baseball? If you use yeah. that in your clips, it would be great. It's a, uh, it's a movie not for children, I will say that. No, <laughs> not at all. Because that is not hair gel. It's a, it's a good one. Um, uh, my next one is uh, not will not be a surprise to people who listen to the podcast. <laughs> it's Vlad Jr. No. Uh, Vlad Detail. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Did you know uh, we did a high-low series I was telling you about, and okay. we already passed through first base, and I was a part of that, but I was the were high you, guy on him. You were the high guy on him. This is going to be good. Um, Let's hear no, it. Go ahead. No, Later. so Vlad Jr., I will do this in a in a very respectful way because I understand that there is a lot of um, excitement and enthusiasm about Vlad Jr. and the talents he possesses. However... There are a few things that I am concerned about from a fantasy baseball perspective for Vlad Jr. The first one is that he has a very high ground ball rate. Now, throughout his minor league career, when he put up very high batting averages, he relied on insane Babbitts. And the reason for that is likely minor league defense is not very good. And number two, minor league defenses probably don't shift and they don't have access to as much data uh, where they know where he's going to hit the ball when he hits it on the ground. And as a result, he has not been able to produce the types of Babbitts that would be required for him to have a good batting average in Major League Baseball. Number two, we all know that he has very good stat cast data. He's got a really high um, average exit velocity. He's got a really high max exit velocity. My concern 
is that he actually is mediocre when it comes to hitting, it comes to exit velocity on line drives and fly balls. If you look at his home run per fly ball rate throughout his career, it's below league average for the period of time that he's played. I think it's like 13.8%. That tells you that it's not just an issue of, it's not just an issue of lowering his ground ball rate. It's also a question of, does, does his swing translate into the type of home run power that we think it can be? Now, he can certainly develop and generate that. But I have questions about why he has not been able to do that so far in his career. His barrel rates are also low, whether that's per batted ball event. Or they're not low, but they're like middling, right? Um, and so when you think about that, so in order for him to have a high batting average, he's going to have to lower that ground ball rate because he's not going to get a lot of hits on ground balls as a professional baseball player because of his speed and because of the way that defensive shifted. So he's going to need to lower his ground ball rate which would help his home runs, home runs, right? But it would not help his batting average very much unless it translates more to line drives, which is certainly possible, but then you're also limiting the home runs. So I feel like we have this situation where Vlad's, um, his batting average ceiling is maybe capped a little bit based on his batted ball profile. His power is capped by his batted ball profile a little bit. And they're a little bit mutually exclusive. You know, I don't think he can have the batting average and the home run power. And I don't think he can have the home run power and the batting average. So if that's the case, right? And let's say we're looking at a, you know, I know the projections love him, but they're also factoring in his MLEs. Let's say we're looking at a 290 hitter. He's 290 hitter with 25 home runs, 25 to 30 home runs in a full full set of plate appearances. And you know, he'll he's not going to steal bases. No. Is he that good? Is he that special? Maybe. <laughs> he's also Toby. very young still. He's very Toby, young. Toby will die. On very the young, and I think uh, it's clear a, he will. And, yeah, it's a, it's a weakness in my game. Is that is that uh, you know I want to see it first, right? Like his price that you're getting him at right now, you are assuming that he makes the developmental shifts that are required, and that he's able to make the changes to his batting ball profile, which I think is a lot easier said than done because yeah. you know every year, right? We hear he's got to get that launch angle up or you know, he's got to hit fewer ground balls. And what do we get? Like every single stop in the Dominican league, it was like, he's going to, he hit two home runs his first game. And then you look at it and it's like, he's got 18 ground outs and two flyouts. <laughs> so I'll stop there. I'm, I'm, I'm just anti Vlad Jr. And it, it's, it's hurting some of my relationships in the fantasy baseball industry. There are people who I respect <laughs> through and through people that I just, People that I love, and they just were not on the same page. We've we've we put we've wagered money on Vlad <laughs> Jr.'s outcomes, and there's somebody else who also said not nice things about people who don't believe in Vlad Jr. So, hmm. <laughs> well, uh, 
how can I put this? Some of the points you made are fair, and the ground balls are one of the first points that everyone brings up. It's a problem. But it could be corrected. There could be there could be approach changes, and he's if if we're aware of it, anything we're talking about on a fantasy baseball podcast, clearly, if he's not aware of it, at bare minimum, his coaching staff is and the people around him, the, the advanced scouts, anybody else would be like, hey, dude, uh, I don't know if you notice this a lot. You hit a bunch of ground balls last year. You'd be like, oh, really? Man, I've just been so busy playing baseball, I had no idea. Now, that's probably ridiculous. The truth is, he's 21 years old. I think he's still 21. He'll be 22. And he's developing. He's made some mistakes. He also admitted uh, directly in some interviews that COVID was a big deal to him. It caused him a lot of negative outcomes in his own opinion. And the fact that he didn't focus as much as he should have been when he first came up. And he kind of let it slide. He came up and said, ah, I got this, and it didn't go his way. Now, that's not data. In terms of data, I think I can't, I can't really fight you that much because <laughs> it speaks for itself. But if we're going to go, if we look at the minor league data, there's a lot to like there still. And we also don't know what park he'll play in. There's a lot of unknowns here. So to make any certain judgments right now, even from either side, I think is somewhat risky at this point. And I think you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, and I think that's the thing about fantasy baseball, right? Is, you know, I believe in, in the data and the arguments that I made about why I think Vlad is, um, is over overpriced at, yeah. at where he's going, but I fully recognize that I could absolutely be wrong. And it could be because the batted ball profile changes. It could be because the development happens that I'm waiting to see first before I buy into it. And so again, I think, I think whichever side you're on, I think there's reasons to believe in that. And I think I could totally be wrong on it. And I'm kind of putting it out there because it's what I, it's what I believe. I follow the data. And, um, but it doesn't mean that I'm right. Of course. Uh, Bubba, anything you want to add to this? Yeah, I was going to say is what Toby's saying, obviously it makes a lot of sense. And I've heard, I've heard it a few times from him, but <laughs> what, 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 what I'll say every is pod, every pod, yeah, it comes up, comes it. up a lot, but, uh, Boring. <laughs> but, but what, but what I will say is I'm not taking him at his current ADP. That's tough for me to do, but I'm not going to be shocked because one year he is going to put this together and he's going to have a monster season. And then it's gonna like so could it happen this year? Yes, like and I would not be shocked one ounce. Um, I saw Carm's clubhouse came in and said he he increased his launch angle in uh, September, which he did. If you look back in 2019, he had a stretch of I want to say three or four weeks where he was just on a massive tear. That hard hit rates, it all went, and then he streaked down again. Like, he's a very streaky hitter, it seems like so far. So that's something to monitor. The way I reference him a lot because I also do DFS shows, he's a phenomenal DFS play. He's mm-hmm. a very He's a very head scratching and tough to handle season long fantasy play. So that's kind of the way I look at Vlad Guerrero Jr. You know, it's interesting too. A lot of his, some of his profile doesn't make sense. Like when he came up in 19, he was a lot better against uh, <laughs> right handers than he was yes. against left handers, which yep. is, was really weird. You know, he hit very much 293 so. against righties, two, or uh, yeah, 293. And then he hit 215 against lefties. And, and then in 20, that kind of continued. And, Yes, five of his nine home runs were in Buffalo, which people are basically saying is a hitter's park. Uh, we don't know if he'll Coors be there, of though. The East. The course of the East. I like that. We don't know where he'll be, though. So I'm going to stay with it. I, maybe the ADP is a little inflated. I will give you that. Who's more risky, Bubba? 
Vlad at his price or a Rose Arena at his price? I'm going to say Vlad, but mm. I'm scared on both of them. We talked about a Rose Arena last night, actually, and I can't get behind his draft price as well because he's done it for, what, three weeks in the playoffs? Yes. So it's very tricky there. I guess if I had to, I would take Vlad over the Rose Arena the more I think about it now, but it's uh, that's a good comp, very good comp. Uh, I would go Arena over Vlad. Um, Arena has more ways more ways to contribute. Um, never waver, can, Toby. Never waver. Never waver. <laughs> Stick to your convictions. <sighs> um, uh, Arena oh, can oh, steal it. bases. You yeah, know, he can this, hit uh, for power. There it is. Um, there you go. Probably won't have access to maybe the same counting stats because the lineup won't be as good. Uh, the batting average, you know, maybe slightly underneath, but the fact that he can steal over 20 more bases than Vlad can, I think, makes him, to me, a lot more of a surer thing. That's crazy. I mean, I think it is very interesting between these two guys. There's risk involved. They're both still young. They're both right in similar zones. I mean, Vlad's at, what, 50, what did we say, 57, according information? 54, and then a Randy Rosarini's at 55 right now according to our latest NFBC ADP, which you can find since February 1st on NFBC.com. I would love to, I'm actually going to think more about this comp because I think they're both really intriguing and they both are in a spot where there's risk. I don't care what you say. Even if Randy Rose Arena's profile is more wide ranging and able to provide you more cat stats and filling it up the box. I still think that the pedigree with Vlad is too good. And I'm not doubt that's just because he's his father. It's what he showed us in the minor leagues, too. So don't think it's like, oh, his dad's a Hall of Famer. That's why you're saying this. No, what we saw in the minor leagues, he tore the ball apart. He was killing it. He's hitting 400. That just is that doesn't just happen. Usually what guys do in the minors, especially if it's that good, they're at least gonna be a solid player in the major leagues. I mean, unless you're, I don't know, Todd Van Poppel or something. But <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry, Todd. That wasn't cool. Uh all right, let's get off this subject because I could talk about it for another half hour, and it's not cool to do so uh, unless you want to get anything else in, Toby. Was there anything else you want to add oh, to that? I was just going to say, I, I, I haven't drafted a Rezarena either, but, um, you know, Vlad's never really hit for that much power ever. I mean, his That's max true. number of home runs in the minor leagues was 20. And again, he was young at every single level. He's young at every single level, and that's one of the things that's special about what he was able to do in the minors. But I just don't, I don't see, I mean, you know, his ground ball rates, 46.8%, 48 46.8%, 57.1, 50, 39.4, 47, 48, you know, so, and, and some of those are very small sample sizes. So he's always had this issue and he has never been able to overcome it. That's all I'm going to say. All right. You can have the final word. You're the guest. Uh, this is the Hayes Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're talking about buttercups who are overinflated. Price is too high, and people will not pay for it. The people being Bubba and Toby. Uh, don't forget, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. Give us one more, Bubba. One more cu- cupcake, buttercup, cupcake. Are those the same things? Buttercups and cupcakes? Mm. There are cupcakes with butter frosting, buttercream yeah, frosting. Maybe. Mm, buttercream frosting. Mm. Give us one more, Bob. One more uh, buttercup. Mine's going to be a pitcher that I will have zero uh, shares of this season. I'm going to pick 45, which is way too steep for a two-pitch pitcher, and his name is Tyler Glass now. 
Um, can't wrap my head around it. It's cool. It's fun. Throws a good fastball. Strikes guys out. He also walks a ton. So keep that in mind when you're getting that gold peripheral going out there for your stat your stat page. You know, fourteen point two K per nine is great, but a three and a half walk per nine not good. Uh, the the FIP's better than the ERA. Of course, people point to that. I'm going to cover all that there in a minute. But um, he had a one point seven three home run per nine, and that the biggest biggest thing for me is the two-pitch thing, and I, I can't stand it. That's why I've always been anti-Chris Paddock. To me, they're almost the same pitcher. Obviously, I will be honest, Glassdown's better than Paddock. I'm not going to go that far, but they're very similar in their overall skill set to me. Um, and when you look at Alex Chamberlain's pitch leaderboard, which is very nifty, um, so Glassdown throws his fastball 60, almost 61% of the time. His curveball, he throws about 35% of the time. The curveball's great. You know, strikes out 66% of the guys he faces, a 120 average against, 277 slug against, all fine and dandy. Cool stuff. Yep, we're good there. All right, let's have some more fun with it, though, because then it gets real good. So his fastball's in the zone 61% of the time. And you know what happens when he throws his fastball in the zone and it gets hit? And I have to, like, ad-lib because Tableau takes forever to turn pages. Um, <laughs> the fastball gets hit at a 48% hard hit rate and almost a 20% dynamic hard hit rate. That's not good for those keeping track at home. Not good at all. Um, let's go a little deeper on this fastball. It has a max exit velocity of 112 miles an hour. So if uh, that's struggling, you don't want to go there. Not good at all. And um, it has a 30.8% CSW. Not bad. But um, a 41% contact rate. Pretty good. So if you're making that much contact on fastball getting hit like that, not good, Bob. But then um, we'll go deeper. The curveball is awesome. Getting used 32% of the time. That's good. Only an 18.5% contact rate. Pretty good stuff. Okay. Uh, batted ball. Let's look at that. 20% hard hit. Not bad. So why not throw it more? Oh, that's right. Because he can't throw it in the strike zone. So that's the problem. That's why you throw the fastball so much because you get behind in counts. Your pitch count goes up. You can't even throw six innings a game. This is not a guy you draft with one of your aces. This is like a pocket ace guy where he's getting drafted. If you're getting two in the first three rounds, this is Tyler Glass now. He does not qualify for that. I won't go any farther so I can keep reading your stats all I want. But his curveball's great. His fastball is not. The problem is, is he can't locate his curveball. So do not draft Tyler Glass now this year. Woo! That is coming in with some heat. I, I like that. I can't stand him. I'm sorry. I just really can't. Hey, that's another guy he's, that I don't he's draft. He's probably either. a great person. He's probably a great person. Let me quote I can't stand him as a fantasy baseball player. He does seem like a good person. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me fix that. He seems like oh, a oh, – The women love him. He's very handsome. Remember that well, picture he, a couple months ago? He he's was like sexy. A skin, he's like a skinnier cinder guard. If he started pitching – if he started throwing bullpen sessions in basketball shorts and nothing else, they'd probably love him more. Well, so he's not your type. That's fine, Bubba. It's cool. Well, because I can't do that. Like, if I did that, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be like in a whole different you know, tax bracket. You're my guy, Bubba. I really. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> However, I don't disagree. I don't draft Tyler Glass now, especially where he's being taken generally by the public. I would rather have Blake Snell all day. Now, we don't have to have that argument necessarily, but um, I like Snell because he's got a better pitch mix. He's got more options, and I also think he's underrated. He's already won a Cy Young, and that wasn't just because he had inflated stats. It's because he did it. He's done the work and shown me that he's he can be the horse and an ace on a team. Tyler Glasnow is not that guy, and so I I don't have to be sold on it. He is a guy that Paul Mamino from rotofanatic.com, by the way, does a great work with our data monster. He's got real problems with that zone contact, like you mentioned, and Paul's work with the data monster and uh, pitch counts and the WOBA on pitch counts really exposed him last year. I remember talking about it with Paul. Some real negative outcomes for Mr. Glasnow. Uh, would you like to add to that at all, Toby? 
I think I think Bubba said it well. Um, I think what we saw like happen in the playoffs is when te- when you're aware of the dynamic Bubba talked about, where he can throw his fastball in the zone, but he can't throw the curveball in the zone. Then intelligent hitters will try to identify that you know that curveball. Um, and I think he only throws the curve in certain counts too. Like he's very um, rigid in his usage of it. And so smart hitters will lay off of the curveball and wait for the fastball and, and and eat on it. And he's obviously been very good. I mean, you know, even when you look at the struggles with his in-zone contact, he still maintained, even though he had a, dis, had a higher than league average in-zone contact rate over his last five starts, he still managed a 37% strikeout rate, you know, um, but, um, but yeah, I think for all of the reasons Bubba mentioned and the workload piece of that and just how inefficient he is, um, I'm not interested in him uh, where he's going in drafts either. There it is, directly from the experts, guys. These guys are experts. That's our Build Me Up Buttercup segment. Too many overinflated players with prices that are skyrocketing, and we will not pay for them. We will not do it. Not on this show. Now, maybe you would on your show, but this is our show, and we will not do it. So, Buttercups. That's a term I'll start pushing out there. We'll see if it sticks. It probably won't. Uh, my only other term I'd like to take credit for is turn into guy, which we've been pushing on the podcast really. There's always somebody who wants somebody, particularly a prospect, to turn into that guy, you know? Hey, uh, so-and-so's going to turn into Ronald Acuna Jr., you know? And it, Meanwhile, you trade with them in Dynasty Leagues and you win titles while they're still trying to build and build and wait for that guy to turn into that guy, you know? It's classic. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, oh, very much so. Totally. Yeah. It's the it's the always the always building their building their dynasty. Yes. Uh, strategy yeah. in in the dynasty, and it's like right when the the guys on the cusp of actually being useful, then they're traded for the next guy who's going to turn into. Yes. Yes. That guy. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, totally. Classic. Classic. Turn into guy. Can't get it off. It actually defines the player and it defines the manager. Like I'm turned into guy. I'm always waiting for it. It has double meaning. It's funny. I'm sure it feels a lot better to win, though, when you've waited that long. To... No, 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 no. <laughs> Winning's not fun, Toby. That's why people don't want to do it in fantasy baseball. <laughs> Actually, it's the opposite. And this is the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're talking about some fantasy breakdown information, stuff that's going to hopefully help you with your draft prep, which is right now we're in the thick of it. Spring training's underway, and we're trying to give you guys players that you can avoid and players that you could find as a value and that's what the next segment's about it's the value zone now i have to give a shout out to zach waxman and eric cross uh, i was on their uh, show and they're talking about the value zone it kind of came up and i was like oh that's a perfect idea for a song zach's like dude you should totally do value zone so here it is thought give it a shot everyone loves talking value let's head into that zone ten rounds of done Time to put my money on the line. Those are passing. Sure, my guy will be mine. Right into the value zone. Right into the value zone. All right, so we're in the value zone now. A little Kenny Loggins, you know, tribute to Top Gun. One of the best volleyball scenes in a movie of all time as far as i know right goose and maverick taking on ice man not gonna happen (laughs) oh damn it i forgot to download my uh 
I was gonna download some Roadhouse clips because I can't believe Toby yeah. doesn't know what Roadhouse is. I, and I was I gonna have play like some. Never even heard of it before. Oh, it's such a great cult classic. Have, like, have you guys? Uh, have you guys seen? Um, speaking of Kenny Loggins, have you guys seen Half Baked before? Uh, yes. Of course. Yeah, yeah. When there's Mike, like, it like, looks like he's in. Dude, I've got this Kenny Loggins <laughs> record, and he's like, "It's a sign." He's like, "I'll give you a buck for it," or something like that, or like, and then he says, "It's signed," and he's like, "Oh, okay, I don't want it," or whatever he says. It's it's great. That was a terrible uh, representation of that scene. It's okay. I, it's I love okay. It. There's probably funnier scenes in that movie too, but that's okay. There, there yeah. probably are, but whenever I hear the name Kenny Loggins, that immediately pops in. So. Well, Roadhouse is a fucking great movie. You really gotta yes. check that one out, man. It's oh, yeah, now yeah. it's is so it, is it a Patrick Swayze? Yes, yes. He's Dalton. He he's is the guy. Dalton. He's the cleaner, basically. Uh-huh. He's the absolute uh-huh. cleaner. He takes care yeah. of all your problems. Five thousand dollars up front, too. He yeah. demands a high price for as a bouncer. One of the most expensive bouncers I've ever heard of, by the way. Man. Yeah. He goes from bar to bar to clean up the clean up the riffraff. He's clean. <laughs> yes, what he's a going what a life. Each town in the Midwest, one bar at a time. Trying to make it a better world. It's, yeah. it's so good. It's so great to watch with like friends. It's I wouldn't watch it alone. I would. You should probably watch with other people and laugh because it's not supposed to be a comedy, but it truly is a comedy now. You laugh just, at how dumb it is at times. Like really, yes. like how it's what makes it so great because it's so just over the top, like white trashy <laughs> dumb. It's amazing. It's so stupid. Like, he even lives the, on the top the, of a barn overlooking the rich people's house as they have pool parties with their monster trucks they drive around. And his best friend is Sam Elliott, who yeah, just shows up every once in a while. You know, calls him up working at a strip club. Sam Elliott, and there's something about Mary. No, uh, you know, like from the, uh, from from uh, the Big Lebowski. You know, yes. talking about the dude, the guy from with the super Tombstone, low voice from Tombstone. Yeah, the, Tombstone, the mustache. Yes, good call. Well, they all have mustaches. Let me clear that up real quick. <laughs> he's he's the voice of the Ford truck commercials. Oh, is he now? See, I don't even know yes. that. Yes, he is. You you can't mistake Sam Elliott's voice. No. It's like okay. it's a part of America. Really, yes, so. it's Americana. Anywho, is it, this isn't is the guy's name Elliot who's in there something about Mary. Who's the guy? Oh, Chris Elliot. Chris, Chris Elliot. Yeah. Chris Elliot. Okay. Okay. You mean wow. you, you mean the mayor of Shitsville? That's right. Shits Creek. <laughs> Shits Creek. It's such a great show. Another. Uh, we could, I'm, I'm, see, I'm, I, I'm gonna I, stop I'm that rabbit holes. Dude, I'm Shits. so old. I can. I remember. Uh, say it. Say it. I know the movie. Uh, something life. It was a TV show. Uh, it was no, Chris Elliot's show. I, oh, I can't remember the name. I can't believe my so-called life. No, not that one. That was a good show. That was. Anyways, it was remember. a Chris Elliott had a brief sitcom on Fox in the 90s. Yeah. So, okay, you're right. Let's get back to the focus. So, we're in the value zone here now, and we're talking about players that are values. Again, these are the opinions of Bubba and Toby. So, take it for what you will. You know, they do know what they're talking about. So, let's start with Bubba this time. Why don't you give us somebody who you think is an incredible value based on where they're going with ADP, or you could put any spin you want on it, Bubba. The floor is yours. Well, the spin I'm going to use is one Toby brought up the other day on our podcast that made a ton of sense to me. Like, we were already huge fans of Marcus Simeon because you have this, like, wave of shortstops going, and then it kind of kind of drops off, and he's kind of sitting there and kind of feels like he gets overlooked. But all Marcus Simeon does is hit towards the top of batting orders and hits, you know, 20-plus home runs. It hits for a good average and steals a few bags. Like, projection sites have him for 10 steals and, like, 24 homers, hitting 260. And now he's in, in Toronto, going to be hitting towards the top of that Toronto lineup with the big guns behind him, even Vlad Guerrero's there too, if you're curious. But hey, um, so you'll have all that. And to top it off, the spin zone factor that Toby brought up that made so much sense is he's going to get second base eligibility. So he goes from one of the most polluted or deep positions to a position that we've admitted is deep, but it's not like 
sexy deep. It's not like Justin Timberlake. It's not bringing sexy back. But <laughs> he brings this aspect of a, a, the high-end second baseman that you're going to get later on. So I think he's getting very undervalued, and uh, he could be a game-changer for you at your second base position that you're not drafting there quite yet. Wonderful. I literally drafted him as my starting shortstop in the last draft I just did, and I have no regrets about it. I'm all for it, dude. Good call. Mm -hmm. We think alike. I like how you think. Thank you. Uh, Toby, how about you? Give us someone who has value to you as you see it. I'm not going to use any data in this one. Um, Computer down? ADP of 260, Jose LeClerc. And the reason why I say Jose LeClerc, his name could be anything, really. Um, He is a closer who has the role, who has decent enough skills, who has been good in the past. And and he's going at pick 260, and he has access to saves, and he strikes people out, walks too many. But he could be totally a great closer. And I'd rather get him at 260 than I would, you know, somebody who's James Krenchek at a higher ADP. Say it, James Krenchek, Barry. Neil James Krenchek. There you go. <laughs> Rizal Iglesias? No. I mean, I like Rizal Iglesias. I think he's perfectly great pitcher. I'd just rather draft a bat there. Not you, Bubba? I, I like Rizal. Toby doesn't draft closers early. Very often. Not that he won't, but not very often. Isn't that what so, every analyst does, though? Because every analyst basically says, oh, I don't pay for saves. Oh, I'll pay for Rysel. My, my thing when I'm doing my drafts, there's like four or five kind of locked-in guys. If I can get one of them without overpaying, I guess, I want to get at least one if I can. But if not, I'll start just building up later. Like, if you look at the labor draft um, on Tuesday night, yeah. it, was really, it was really cool seeing – the different ways, guys. Some guys double tapped and got like a Liam Hendricks and a Chapman or something. I can't remember, but they double tapped and got two like elite closers. I think it was Steve Gardner. But then there's other guys. There's some teams that have like all backup really like closer situations. Like there was a whole different gamut across the board. So all kinds of ways to do it, as they say. Fantastic. I can get down with that. Bubba, give me somebody who's got value in your heart. Now we're gonna stay with second base because I want I mentioned earlier that it feels like it's not sexy, but it is deep. And that brings a Detroit Tiger to the forefront here. Jonathan Scope. He's supposed to be towards the top of the order. And he's a guy year in and year out that just doesn't get the love he deserves. And once he signed, you know, his ADP is 316 since February 1st, but it's he's gone as high as 237 now, which to me is still a value for what he does. The dude just hits 20 plus home runs. He's done it um from 2016 through 2019, four straight seasons at 21 or more. He um, scored 80 or more runs in in a two. Is that 61? I can't even read right now. Like in two of the four, he um, he drives in runs. He'll steal like a bag or two. Not great, but he gets for a decent average. I I just love what he can bring to you. He's like the, like him, Starling Castro. There's there's a handful of second basemen's late that if you missed one early, don't panic because there's some decent guys back there. And and Scope's one of those guys. He's gonna play every day because they're gonna try to either trade him or what else are they gonna do really? Like he's he's actually a a pretty good ball player. So I think he's a a very good value, so it, it makes second base not a position you have to reach for because some of those early second base options, it feels kind of dirty having to go, go for them early. Go get another outfielder. Go get another pitcher. Go take a relief pitcher there and get your Johnson scope later. 
I can't think of a player that I'm less interested in terms of real-world baseball, and he's on my team again, Jonathan Scope. But uh, you're right. He does have value. And Alex Chamberlain said it well a couple weeks ago, I think. He usually does. He was does. on the pot. Was that? He usually does. He Oh, yes. He's yeah, smarter he than a, me. <laughs> smart, definitely smarter than me. And he was on the podcast last month saying all kinds of smart stuff that was really impressive. But he's he made a good point about it. It's just perennially undervalued mm-hmm. in terms of what he brings you to the table. The floor, as we like to say, is yep. very high. So, well said. I, I can agree with that. Uh, Toby, give us another value. JP Crawford. JP Crawford is who I will say. Um, shortstop Love for it. the Mariners. Um, should be leading off, playing every day, great defensively. Um, steals bases, gets on base. Last year he was on pace for, you know, about uh, about 90, 100 runs. Um, if he had gotten to 600 plate appearances, of course you can't ex- extrapolate, but it's not like his numbers were egregious. Um, but he's got, he's got everything that you want. He does not have power right now. Um, could he get there potentially in the right season? Could he get to batting average potentially in the right season? Um, he does make a lot of contact, low strikeout rate. So he does have that. It's just a matter of improving, um, you know, the actual quality of, of the batted balls that he's putting in play. But even if he doesn't, I mean, a guy who's going at an ADP of 376, I think right now, um, who can get you, 80 to 90 runs playing every day 10 to 15 home runs 20 stolen bases um that that's a a a beautiful type of bat to have on your bench and to be able to um, put in in the right situations or to sub in when you know your shortstop or your middle infield position is is a little light i like how you see players thank you beautiful Love J- I love J.P. Crawford. I think he's always undervalued. Last year he was undervalued, especially in certain OBP leagues. He's got a pretty good walk percentage. He's got some decent plate discipline skills, and we know Seattle loves to run all day long. I think the only concern was, and I've said this before, there's a mess of infielders on that team. And even though you're not a Shedlong fan, he's in the mix. Dylan Moore's in the mix. Ty France is there now. And they got a shitload of outfielders that are coming up on the brink of taking over that squad. So if anybody shifts to a DH spot, it'll eliminate an opportunity for one of those infielders. That's my only concern. But, you know, J.P. Crawford's probably not the guy that I'd be concerned about in that mix. So, yeah. Have anything to add there? No, but one thing you did mention about all the outfielders, that's the reason why I'm also not drafting Kyle Lewis. Just going to throw it out there. Great point. I took him in our podcast league, didn't I? But he fell and fell and fell. I thought I had to take him in the Battle of the Podcast League, which we're all a part of, uh, brought to you by Draft Champions Podcast, Zach Waxman. Shout out to you, buddy. But I had to take him because he fell to, I think it was almost around 200. Yeah, if he falls like that, sure. But like people that are taking him so high, I talked about it before, that the Mariners have so many options there. If he struggles at all, what stops them from bringing up a clinic or someone else to do something? It just really doesn't. Bingo. Bingo. Well said, mm-hmm. sir. I completely agree with that. All right, that's the value zone. By the way, I want to say also, Jose the Clerk, I used to love him. Uh, I have an emotional issue there. So Uh-oh. I what left is, the what emotion. What did he do to you? He hurt me. He hurt me very badly. He caused a <laughs> great amount of pain and strife in my own existence, and I had to get over it, and I He's can't do it again. a lot of people in his wake, for sure. Yes. Multiple years I've tried to use him as my closer, and he fails me. When he's given the job, he fails. Or then he gets hurt. I just... I don't want to play anymore. I'd rather play somewhere else, find another closer. There's a million relievers down at the bottom 
if you drag the pool, you're going to find a couple of closers in there. So, but totally. I do have I'm, previous I'm, I'm love okay affair. with those people too. Yeah, I'm sure you, I'm sure we all are. I have a previous love affair with Jose the clerk and I admit it. And I just want to go on the record. So people knew where I stood. But regression just tells us, right. He's had a crappy season because he wasn't very good at pitching. He's had a crappy season because of injury. Regression is all positive, right? At this point in time. Michael Govier scorned Jose Leclerc lover. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. You nailed it, Bubba. That's what you get here on the Hans Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. That's the value zone. We went in there, and hopefully in that zone, you could take some value with you because the value zone is not a tangible place. It can be anywhere <laughs> at any time. It can be a part of you. It can be with you on an airplane, so it doesn't really matter. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking here a judgment call because we're running a bit hot already, and I really want to dive into some of the fantasy process, but I really want to play Shine or Ride the Pine with you guys. So I'm thinking what I'll do is we'll cut out the fantasy foundation for this show, and I'll have you guys back as like individuals so we can spend some more time with you individually to talk about your fantasy process. What do you think of that? You got it. Okay. Sounds I think awesome. it'll be a more fluid show. That'll that'll make more sense. You just let me know. Okay. No disrespect to either of you. So sorry no. if you prep for if you prep for some of these questions, you're like, God damn it, this guy screwed me. I was ready to go. I apologize. Oh, you you, you broke my heart. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I, was, <laughs> I didn't think I look did. At I, I, look at me. Does it look like that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so. But Toby, I know you know Toby seems like a guy I could hurt. I don't want to hurt his feelings. <laughs> so. I'm very hurtable. He's gonna go skip. He's gonna go skip rocks in the ocean. You're t- you're tender. You're a sweet man. <laughs> you know, what can I say? So, and I like that about you. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's the Birkin socks, isn't it? I, it's probably I, that was, I was one this of those. close. I was this close. <laughs> uh, leave it to Bubba. Okay. Well then, we will play the game known as Shot or Ride the Pine. It's a simple game. It's not complicated. It's an over-under thing. Although there is no push. You either have to go over, shine on the projection I give you, or ride the pine. You're going to take the under. And every week, every show, we use a different projection system. We like to mix it up. And we use Stomper, which Steve Paulo was on the show recently. And we had a good time with him. Talked about his Stomper projections, which are great. Go to stomperprojections.com. Shout out to Steve. But today we're going to use my Rota Fanatic partner, Carm Mayorano's projections. He's working on his own projections. You can follow Carm at Carm's Clubhouse on Twitter, at Carm's Clubhouse. Very cool. So, uh, Bubba, you ready for this? Let's do it. Toby, are you afraid? Uh, what's the uh, rise? <laughs> he wants to sh- shine. Shine? 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 Shine. Shine, 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 shine. No, I'm I um I, I'm a, I'm afraid on a regular basis. So uh, me too. Trust me. I don't know how I've lived this long. Okay, so our first, we'll do some hitters, and then we'll switch to pitchers. So first up, let's start with a guy who can crush the ball. You may know him from some classic hits on the Minnesota Twins. His name's Miguel Sano. Uh, I've had some interesting stories about him in the off seasons in recent memory. Uh, I hope he's okay, and I hope his life's in order, and he can have a great season. We'll start with Bubba. Do you expect 35 or more home runs from Miguel Sano? Shine or ride the pine? I love Miguel Sano, but I'm going to say ride the pine because he can never stay healthy enough to have enough at-bats to go over 35 home runs. Beautiful. I will say this. All of these are 162. And if for some reason we don't have a 162-game schedule, then these are null and void. You'll be off the hook. Toby, what about you? 35 or more home runs? Shine or ride the pine? 
Uh, ride the pine, for sure. It seems like he, he hit 34 home runs in what, like 100 games? Uh, He's good. How, he how many times has he hit 35 home runs, though? Zero? Yeah, Zero, right. that's true. Zero. You're right. Because that yeah, was 34 so in like 105 games, I think. Yeah. 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 That, okay, that's fine. Uh, Colton Wong, he's a new member of the Milwaukee Brewers. A lot of excitement around Colton Wong. Could he? Could he do this? Let's go with runs. Will he score 86 or more runs? Toby first. Um, I am going to go under 86 runs. Uh, I said ride the pie. Hey! Hey, you're getting the lingo, man. I'm impressed. Uh, not a fan. Not interested. Okay. Yeah, I'm a big fan, and we kind of disagree on this on our, our middle infield show, so I'm going to go shine. I think leading off in that offense, Colton Wong's OBP skills, he's scoring close to – I'll give him 95 runs this year. Uh, we assume he's hitting in the top of the order, right? He should be leading off barring something really stupid happening. What's the, <laughs> what's the most number of runs he's ever scored in a season? I'll let you know. Are you I'll take a guess. I already have it. I already I'll have take, it. Uh, I'll say uh, 77. 71. But this is where this is where our, our fun begins is he hasn't really played a full season before. Because not because of injury, because they didn't let him. But now he can. Hmm. But Toby's and, uh, and he, he has he, to see and it he first. wasn't leading he wasn't leading off back then either. Interesting. We know what Toby's he's gotta see it first. Oh I know. Toby's gotta he's got a believer. He has to see it to believe it. So when there's more dangerous than overconfident. We, we are playing a oh, fantasy yes. game, but yes. he has to see it to believe it. Right. That is an interesting <laughs> dilemma. Wow. How ironic. So when Jorge Soler hit 48 home runs a couple years ago, you had to see it to believe it. He did not roster Jorge Soler there, I bet. Uh, I didn't either. I had him in a, in a, in a, in a couple places. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, like, if you had said a projection of 25 home runs for Jorge Soler that year, I would have said ride the pine too right um but the question isn't whether you get them wrong or you get them right it's whether you um more often than, than not will be fair that's fair a right. positive winning percentage overall it, over 50 yeah and it depends on also like yeah it depends on where you're drafting and things like that as to whether you um it's okay to believe in that ceiling or not for me all right uh, Brian Reynolds, he's an outfielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pittsburgh Pirates were atrocious last year on offense. Just, just god-awful. But this season, in 2021, can we expect a 279 or better batting average? Bubba. I'll go Shine. I'll go Shine. He's a very he's a good average hitter. I'll, I'll give him higher than 279. Kobe. This is very difficult for me. Because he's a Brian Reynolds fan. I'm a Brian Reynolds fan. I also believe in projections. Um, I am going to go. I'm not asking him to hit oh, 300 here. Just I'll shine. Or I'll go with Yay! shine. I'll go with shine. I'll I'm going to join shine. both of you guys. On I don't really shine. believe that, though. I, I don't <laughs> okay, well, as long as you said that, that's fine. Yeah, I'm shining it too. I'm going to let it shine. Nick Senzel. There's some buzz that Nick Senzel is going to break out this year. Could it be this season? Well, who's to say? But. Do you agree, Toby, with 18 or more steals this year? 18 or more? Uh, way under is what I would say. So he's way riding the pine at the I very end of the he's bench. He's riding yeah. the pine like he may not even be on the pine. Like one cheek is <laughs> off of the pine and one is on the pine. Or he's just demoted to the miners outright. It's just, yeah, exactly. He's just, <laughs> for sure. Bubba? 
Like if he played every day, it'd be interesting, but he's not. So give me ride the pine. He's got a better chance of being benched with Bubba than, you know, doing this. <laughs> Good. See, that works. I like that. Jock Peterson is now a Chicago Cub, and he is known for his power. Toby, 31 or more home runs. 31 or more. Ooh, ride the pine. Good. No way, huh? No, no, I mean, I think he can get there, but I mean, Chicago is a much more difficult place to hit a home run than Dodger Stadium. Although you could you could check yeah. that out on the park factors. Yeah, um, that's right. uh, because of the wind, because of the weather, um, and just because the ballpark actually doesn't play like it's always thought of as a little ballpark, but it, it's never yeah. a really it's a really good hit pitcher's park, actually. Um, so I think there's that. I think there's that. And I think his the most home runs he's ever hit in a season was maybe 32. 36. 36. Was it 36? So you're essentially asking him to do something that he's, you know, done one Again. other time in his career. Never yeah. done before. Okay. Well. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's not even that he hasn't done it before. It's just like, if you look at where he generally lands, you know, there's so many things that need to get right for him to hit 31. Like, he's got to be healthy. He's got to not be platooned. He's got to... Fair enough. I respect you, Toby, and you are free to your Are you opinion. sure? Yes, yes. <laughs> the more you know, the more tender and sweet you are, the more I respect you. Because okay. these days, real men cry. Damn mm-hmm. it. All the time. Damn right. Uh, David Dahl is a former Colorado Rocky. Uh, he's a Texas Ranger now. Will he have uh, I want to go with home runs, but I'll go with the... How about average? 277 or better average this season, Bubba? Uh, ride the pine. Really? He can't even hit 277? He can't stay healthy enough to hit 277. That's the, the sad part of it all. Like, I'm a big David Dahl fan, but he couldn't do it in Colorado, so I don't see it happening in uh, Texas. Kobe? Uh, ride the pine. Yeah. Uh, strikeout issues, heavily relying on a high Babbitt, which was buoyed by... The ballpark. Of course. I've heard about Coors Field, yes. Uh, in fact, we should play the Siren for Coors. So we always play the oh, Siren. Oh, when somebody says Coors Field, uh, <laughs> I've been Siren. That and small, oh, that and small uh, sample should, size. Yes. yes, right, Bubba, thank you. Usually, yeah, the Siren's for small sample sizes in 2020 uh, cliches. But we should have a Coors Field cliche because it's part of the lexicon. Of it, needs like, it needs to be like the danger, like, you know, Chernobyl alarm or something yeah or the, or the wrap it up from the Chappelle show remember that oh there you go <laughs> there you go uh jd davis of the new york mets currently he's still a new york met as of today uh, he's got a nice bet can jd davis have an obp though of 346 or better toby 346 or better um ride the pine Man. uh i think uh, I haven't had J.D. Davis on a ton of teams, but I don't think he has a particularly high walk rate. Hmm. Okay, Bubba? Yeah, I'm going to go with Ride the Pine as well. He did improve his walk rate in 2020, which is good to see. Um, you know, 2019 had a good OBP as well, but before that, not so hot. I'm going to go Ride the Pine, but I might regret that one. Boy, that is interesting. I have him in my home league as an OBP league. Shout out to the BYB guys out there. And we have OBP as one of our 5x5 categories. It's head-to-head, too. It's a total nightmare. But I liked him in OBP league. So Well, he's got good OBP numbers. Even the projections have him over your number, which I didn't think he was that good at OBP. So maybe it's something worth looking into more. 
That's fine. Yeah. I think they are all, uh, all the ones I have are under. Yeah. Wham! See, sorry, strong I'm men so also cry. I'm, I'm crying. Sorry. I'm so annoyed. That's fine. We're supposed to disagree on this show, damn it. Otherwise, we'd just be bored. I like J.D. Davis, though. And even if J.D. Davis gets traded, I still like him. I like J.D. Davis. I'm a fan of him. I'm a fan of you. Jesse Winker, another Cincinnati Red outfielder. He's got some pop in that bat, and uh, he can get on base, too. Speaking of good walk rates, great plate discipline skills there. Bubba, can we expect a 381 or better OBP from Jesse Winker? That's a good one. He's got a great OBP. Oh, man. That is tricky. I want to be optimistic, so I'm going to go shine. But, man, it's a high OBP. I'm going to go shine. I'm going to give him a chance. He's, he's got the skill set to do it. I'm, no, I'm going to shine that with you. He has a very good skill set to do it, so I'm going to go shine. I'm shining it, too. By the way, I shine J.D. Davis if I didn't make that clear. Uh, Toby, how about you here? 381 OBP or better? I'm right in the pine on this one, guys. Sorry. Yeah, I know. It's, a, it's too high a number for you. It's not your style, you know? The projections don't agree. I haven't looked at the projections. I mean, I don't 381 know. OBP. I mean, that's got to be like, you know, top five percent in the league. He usually is. He's that. I mean, that's his style. I mean, OBP 375, 405, 357, 388. Now the projections are all lower, but those are his last four seasons. He, yeah. Career OBP of 380, so it's right on the mark for his Ooh, career. yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you, I mean, it's, you, close. You, it's you, close. It's close. But I'll always you're still take on the, the bench. Under. So. I'll always take the under. I'll always take the under. That's fine. I, we can, it'll make this segment a lot quicker then. We'll just. <laughs> all right. You, Toby, under next. Okay. Toby, ride the pine. Next. Toby, ride the pine. Next. Oscar Mercado. How about Oscar Mercado? Here's a guy that is of interest to some of you. Can we expect Oscar Mercado to steal 17 or more bags this year, Toby? It's tough. <laughs> this is a tough one. I mean, just say it. Just say it. Come on. I'm going to go with... <laughs> Ride the pine. Ride the pine. You like him, though, don't you? I, I like him okay. I like him where he's going in drafts, but I think the challenge with accounting stat related stat is it requires him to have playing time. And I think there's enough question marks about him having access to regular playing time that 17 stolen bases becomes a little bit of a challenge. I think when you extrapolate his projection to 600 plate appearances, it's like 20 stolen bases. So. <laughs> Does he get 600 plate appearances, though? Maybe. I mean, that outfield's a joke. So. It's, it's potential, potentially, yeah. What about you, Bubba? What do you say? I've been living on potential, so it's okay. Um, Me too. Shine. We're, we're shining here, folks. I, I, I talked about him in the outfield that uh, as, as a late-round stolen base target, and this is why. I think if he does play every day, he'll get you 20-plus bags. Give me shine. Yeah! I'm going to shine yeah. it, too. I'm going to shine it, too. Do you, do you guys know who Oscar Mercado could turn into? Randy oh, Rosarena. Oh. Randy Rosarena. Oh. <laughs> he could well turn done. into, you know. There it is. You did it, man. Yeah, it could have done. It could turn into it. Butt loving. That is fantastic. Oh. I love that. That was a great call. I'm so proud of you, Toby. You just made my day on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Oscar Mercado. He's a fun guy. Hopefully he has a fun season and he turns into... 
Randy Rosarino. Uh, Austin Riley is a third baseman for the Atlanta Braves. Austin Riley, 31 or more home runs this year. Bubba. That's a good one. Man, I'm just like too optimistic on so many of these guys. And like Toby always says, it comes into playing time. We're going off. This is if he hit plays in 162 games, like you're saying. So I'm going to go with Shine. I think if he plays every day, he will go over 31. So Toby, you can say right the pine. Now go. Yeah. <laughs> he said, "Ride the pine, ride the pine." I'm gonna, sh- uh, I'm gonna ride the pine on that. I don't believe that he'll hit 31 this year either. Although he could hit like 28. So, but that's not 31. Yeah. Old man Miguel Cabrera, my Detroit Tiger, Ooh, the albatross, the this albatross some, yeah. of a contract. This is someone Toby likes. So yeah, this is <laughs> you got oh. one. Oh, bye. Toby, can we expect this season for Miguel Cabrera to hit 267 or better? Shiny. Shine. shine all day, Miggy. You will shine like a, the bright star that you are this year. He's Why, my he still crushes the ball? He's the, the player that I have on the most percentage of my teams. I have him on every single one of my teams except for one so far. Out of 12. Is that mostly utility? Uh, yeah, he's utility only, but... Um, uh, uh, Hinch has talked about how they want to play him at first base at least a little bit. So wow, that would it, be sh- dude. I'd be shocked if that happened. I mean, not that I'm a Tigers insider. I'm just a guy who lives in Detroit area. But that I would know, be, but you, you probably know better than, than I do. Um, I would love to. Yeah, see that. I yeah. I mean, it, he had his best exit velo uh, metrics in three or four years this past year. Um, gave up a little bit of contact for some additional power. Had his lowest ground ball rate in a little while as well. I think there's a lot to like and and the, the cost i mean he's going i think his adp is like 435. he should play i mean he's not gonna play every day because he's older but they're gonna play him the bulk of the plate appearances for sure so oh i agree with that wholeheartedly no doubt bubble about you yeah i'm gonna go shine as well with the improvements he made last year at the plate were tremendous um he's definitely worth the late round flyer in the deep deep leagues if you're in a you know 29 round league maybe not but someone to keep an eye on for sure but uh, definitely there i like to give him, uh, I think it's Kiefer won a shout out in the chat before that last answer. He said, "Has Toby shined anyone?" The answer is no. So <laughs> I would like to correct the record. I shined Brian Reynolds' batting average earlier. That's right. That's correct. My bad. My bad. Mark Kiefer, that's my guy. Bone Thugs in Harmony for life. Though he didn't know, or he made a mistake about first of the month being on E ninety nine Eternal, not the first album. Come on, Mark, you're better than that. <laughs> Uh, it's a good call. Shout out to uh, Mark Heaver. Good guy. Uh, even though we already shouted it. Thank you, Bubba. Good call. You're paying attention to the chat while I'm diving deep into these projection numbers trying to quiz you guys. I appreciate that. Co-hosting duty. See, it's good to have people who have experience hosting on your show. That's what I do. <laughs> they make everything run. <laughs> hey, dude. I'm impressed. How about this guy? We're switching to pitchers now. Alex Cobb. He's no longer in Baltimore. He is now on your coast, guys. West Side. World fucking wide. Uh, let's see. Can you really believe this? A 4.01 ERA or lower this year. Alex Cobb, Bubba. Ride the pine. I'm, yeah, not, I'm not elaborating on that at all. Ride the pine. I know he made improvements last year. I, I've seen the arguments for it. Ride the pine. Ride the pine. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'm going to ride the pine on that as well. That is a bit optimistic for me. A little too... No offense, Carm. If you know these are your projections, but you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go down on the Alex Cobb ship of all ships if I have to pick a ship to go down on. 
Michael Pineda. Michael Pineda is a Minnesota Twins, and he came back after some suspension issues and had a little bit of a late run in the short season we had last year. Can we expect Pineda this year, hopefully in a full season, to give us an 8.5 Caper 9 or better, Toby? 8.5 Caper 9. 8.5 Caper 9 or better? I'll shine that. I will shine it. Yeah, I'll shine it. I'm a big Pineda fan. I think he's got big K upside and going a little too late in drafts. I like him quite a bit. Hey, it's a clean sweep of shines for us. I will join you guys on that. Well done. I would love to see Pineda have a you know 9.5 or a 10K9. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Gaussman. This is a guy that I'm not drafting, but everyone's falling in love with again, and I never understand it, but hey, we'll do it anyways. Kevin Gaussman. Can we expect him to provide a whip, a whip now, of 1.23 or lower Bubba? Ride the pine. Um, I'm sure his splitter is great, but you can lose a splitter very quickly. Um, And if he loses that, then he's not much of anything. So I'm going to go ride the pine. (laughs) Toby, what's it going to be? I'm going to shine. Wow! Impressive. Wow. Of all the shines you picked, this is definitely the most surprising. He was... Yeah, I kind of believe... I believe in Gaussman, and I'm trying to put it together. He always generates a really high Babbitt, so that might be not very beneficial for his whip, so I could be incorrect there, but I know that he got his walk rate um, under control this past year. His pitch mix change... Um, forcing fastball velocity increase, so I'll go with him. I'll shine him. Uh, bye bye. I can't believe you, I can't believe you don't believe in the Giants. Uh, <laughs> I've talked about Gossman plenty. Trust me, I love him. I, I'm, I'm happy for him. I will never draft him as ADP, and um, I'm just scared because that splitter can leave so fast. Very, Let me very ask you a question though. Do you really love him? Like a brother, yes, but uh, as a uh, fantasy asset, no. Because I heard ride the pine. I don't know about yeah, you. Yeah, I said ride the pine. I heard ride the pine. <laughs> yeah, I, I stand. I stand. I stand by my choices. Ride the pine. <laughs> Dude, I am. I am not gonna join. I'm riding the pine in this one. Oh, I can't. Shine this. I, can't I can't do it. Kevin Gaussman. I don't know why people always fall into this trap, man. He's never consistent. The one thing about him that I can see with absolute clarity is that he's inconsistent. That's it. So show me. I'm gonna be like Toby on this hardcore Gaussman. Show me. Kyle Gibson is a Texas Rangers pitcher. Can we expect 14? 14 quality starts or more this year, Toby. 14. Ooh, that's interesting, actually. 14 quality starts? I'll say uh, he starts 28 games, half of his take, starts. I will take, I will ride the pine. If it was, if will he reach the sixth inning yes. in 14 starts? I would have a question mark. <laughs> no, um, I don't think he's as bad as he was last year, but I'll, I'll take, I'll ride the pine on that one. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride the plane as well. Like he does a lot of the six to seven innings, like four run plus outings. Yes. So the quality starts is tricky. Um, I I I like Kyle Gibson more than others. Not that I'm running to draft him anywhere, but he has so many of those starts where he gets into like the seventh and he shouldn't be out there. He gives up like two or three runs. There goes your quality start. So it's tricky. <laughs> well, you put it well. Well said, sir. Zach Eflin's a guy people love for some reason. I don't get it. I have not touched him anywhere. Maybe I'll be the last guy to the party on this, but a 1.27 whip or lower. Shine or ride the pine, Toby? I'm going to shine it. Wow. I'm going to shine Zach Eflin. 
fascinating. You are a fascinating individual. I gotta tell you. My my take um, pitching projections and hitting projections are very different for me. I can. I'm the sensing I, this. I'm sensing I, this. Yes. The way I I take them. I mean. Yeah, I mean it's probably foolish on all of the accounts, honestly, but <laughs> I guess it shows my bias towards certain pitchers who I think took steps forward. Well, it shows you're human. You're not an automaton. Thank you. What what number are we saying? One two nine. One two seven. Seven. One two seven. I'm gonna go ride the pine. I'm gonna ride that as well. I am riding the pine with you all day on that. Show me something, Zach Eflin. Citizens Bank Park, I'm not interested in that. And NL East is banging with offense more than ever, in my opinion. I'm not interested. I'm truly not. What about this guy? You say Kikuchi. You say I say, we all say. Kikuchi! Yes. <laughs> is he a is he a guy who will give us something like this? Which I don't I don't see it, but a 9.1 or better. So basically a nine or higher caper nine. We'll just call it nine. Bubba, what do you think? Ooh. That is tough because he improved it last year, but it was still kind of sketchy. I'm going to say ride the pine, but he's a guy I'm very intrigued by, especially at his draft cost right now. Yeah, I'm going to ride the pine on this one. Hey! So. That makes me feel good. So I never know what to expect from Toby's mouth. That's what makes this show interesting. <laughs> you guys keep me on my toes. I'll do one or two more and call it quits here. This is a guy who, again, is an angel. It's an angel's pitcher fest. Andrew Haney. A lot of a lot of potential always with Haney. A lot of arm problems over the years. Elbow issues. They seem to never go away. We know he can strike guys out, but can we really expect Andrew Haney to give us 13 or more quality starts this year, Toby? 13 or more. I will ride the pine on this one. I'll ride the pine. He might not make 13 starts, period. Ah! If you asked me something else, maybe I would have said yes. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the pine too. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I'll ride the pine. I just can't do it. I can't see him going six innings, giving up three or less, uh, more than 13 times. Seems crazy. Seems unlikely. Aaron quality. Sanchez. No, I'm just kidding. Quality, starts, say, quality are starts are are top. I mean, if you look at league yes. leaders of quality starts in a season, it's like the elite pitchers are in the 20s, and everybody else is way down there. It's tough. I, uh, Carb, I feel like your projections are very generous to quality starts. I would say maybe look at that. That's just a little note I would give you, even though it's on the air. I'm not criticizing. Just a thought. Something to think about. Brady Singer is a Kansas City Royal. He's a bulldog on the mound. He came up last year. He almost threw a no-hitter. It was a lot of fun. He's exciting. He's youthful. People love potential. We know the power of prospects, of course. 3.92 ERA or lower, Toby. 3.92 ERA or lower. Oh, I'll ride the pine on that one. But you know who he could turn into? <laughs> Jacob DeGrom? No. I'm trying to see where he's going with this. No, that, no. Uh, Trevor Bauer? Um, that, that'd be a similar situation if you go from like a 4-2 to a 3-6 and keep going back and forth. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do, I'm going to go shine at a pure optimism and a lot of it has to do with that division he pitches in because um, he needs to play the Tigers that much. But it's it, it's a, it's not a comfortable one. I'm going to shine it too, man. And I actually think the division's underrated offensively outside of the Twins and White Sox. Yeah, you're but, a homer though, so it's cool. Yeah, you're right. I'm hey, just kidding. Pre- <laughs> no, you're not. Call me out, damn it. Call me out directly, and I will face up to my crimes always. But, yes, uh, I am a homer as well. All right, finally, the last one. Close it out. 
We're going with a guy, Nathan Ovaldi, who is a uh, recently. Just, just shine it all. Shine it all. Oh! I was going to shine this one. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> Whatever you say, just all of it. Can't be too generous on this one. <laughs> okay, well, let's just... Oh, boy. Well, I was going to make it more interesting, but let's just keep it simple. Nathan Ivaldi, 24 or more starts. Bubba. Oh, you picked the one thing. I'm going to go shine because otherwise it all sucks. Uh, so yeah. go shine, but... <laughs> But I, I know where people can go. Like he's gonna tell me if I ride the pine on this one. I can already see it coming. Yeah, man, I'm gonna ride the pine on that one. How many times has he ever started 24 games in a season? Let's Maybe see. once uh, off the top of my head, but so it you're seems unlikely. There's a chance. Probably when yeah. he was on the Angels in like 2012. The Marlins, maybe. Yeah, he was, Marlins. Good he was a Marlin for a while. Yeah. He's yeah. done it, folks. Oh, he, oh, he's twice. done it twice. Yeah. Twice, Marlins and Yankees. Wow. So it's possible, see? Telling you. It's happening. It's I'm happening. gonna ride the pine on it. Yeah. Uh, I was saying that he appeared on Ryan Bloomfield's Bloom Boards recently as a guy that stood out with a bunch of other heavy, like top five pitchers overall. So uh, I, I trust in Ryan Bloomfield. He's a smart dude. But, yes, he is. Twenty four sure. starts? Can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah. Right there it is. Shot around the pot is in the books. We did it. We passed the test. These guys did it with flying colors. I mean, they are really, really a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. That was well done. We'll do some quick community emails, chatter, and then we'll get the hell out of here call it a day. We had a comment here earlier that I wanted to save from Tim Roofer. He says, Dilson Lamette, should I be concerned? Keeper League, by the way. Yes. <laughs> Easy one-word answer. Ride the out. pine. <laughs> the dude can't. Ride like you, you want to talk about guys that can't stay healthy? Like the dude got a PRP injection. He can. Bear, he's a two-pitch pitcher, basically. And um, yeah, I, I want nothing to do with the Nelson I've yeah, no. Well, then why the hell would you want anything to do with Tommy Pham or Andrew McCutcheon? Pitchers and hitters are two completely different people to me. Completely different people when you're taking injury risk into play. Especially when talking about like, an elbow issue, big difference. One guy okay. got stabbed at a strip club. One guy got yes. a PRP injection in his arm. One guy wanted chicken wings in a lap dance. One guy can't throw a slider out because of his, his elbow. Like, big difference here. Well, that's not the only thing. He got stabbed. <laughs> he's had knee issues. He's had shoulder issues. There's a lot Broken of things bone to go with in his hand last year. Yeah, but yeah, okay, yeah, let's, the let's, hand. Let's, let's talk Andrew McCutcheon and all that bling he brings to, the, to, to, to Philly. Like, come on. I love McCutcheon as a human being. He's one of the greatest dudes to ever put on an MLB uniform, bar none. Andrew, if you happen to see this anywhere right now, Andrew McCutcheon, I love you. You're the man. But you're on the downslide, man, friend. I'm sorry. And I don't yeah. want to. Even where he's being drafted now, I don't want to pay it. I wouldn't do it, man. He's I would coming too cheap it. for the top of one of the most powerful lineups in baseball. Agreed on the lineup part, but I don't trust in his skills. And I think there's other guys that may surpass him at a certain point. I like a Scott King rebounds back this year. So, you know. I'll take you whatever rankings or whatever you want. McCutcheon outranks King Rebound of the year. Oh, deal. Let's do <laughs> whatever it. Whatever you yep. want. <laughs> yep. I'm in. Well, let's bet some chicken wings on it or something. There you go. Sure, there man. You go. Lock you it in right thing, here. Yeah. Go. We, maybe we should do the uh, uh, like the Rasball player raider. That's a good player raider. Sure, sounds good? good to me. Yeah. Lock it up. Lock there it up. So let it be written. So let it be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toby, what about you? What do you think of Dennis on the Met? I think that's what we were originally. Yeah, about. I would steer clear of him. I think there's just too many um, warning signs about his health, um, and it's even it's it's coming out more and more. Like San Diego, you know, they've said that he's okay throughout the off-season. San Diego. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they've they, they've. They've said he, that he's doing okay. You know, they've kind of been like, oh, it, it's not bad. 
you know, but now it's coming out that they really don't know how he's going to do until he tries to pitch and um, they don't need him, you know, with that rotation. And um, he's, he's really good. I think if he pitches, he'll be really good. So if it's in a keeper league, I would, I would hold on to him if you can, unless there's really rigid keeper rules, but yeah, I'm, I'm not too confident in him this season. Well, there's always rigid keeper rules. You can never tell for sure. You got mm-hmm. to stay true to the game and follow your league settings. Make sure you always know what your league is about. That's one of the key aspects that sure. I overlooked last year when I joined TGFBI for the first time. Made some huge <laughs> mistakes, which uh, I talked about recently on, by the way, the TGFBI podcast with Justin Mason and Danielle oh, cool. Challenger, which yep. was a lot of fun. We had a great time. Just like She got us back to the basics of what... Why do we why do we start playing the game in the first place? And it was a really cool idea, and I'm really glad she's doing that with the blog and the show. So make sure you guys check that out if you get some time. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Um, I think that was pretty much it. Apparently, nobody wanted to ask you guys because they follow you so hardcore on your shows that they already ask you all the questions. Uh, oh, here's one. Uh, there's a Dave and Buster's. If Bubba and Batflip opened a B and B, what food and attractions would they be at their restaurant? Or place of business. So if there's David Buster's, why not B and B's? That'd be kind of mm-hmm. fun. I've always wanted to have like a sports bar, so that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Um, um, Bat flip and Bubba's. That would work. I like that. That'd be fun. If I had to pick one game from like a David Buster's, I love skee ball. Like bring on skee ball. That that mm-hmm. that would have to be an attraction. Never gets old. No. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I actually had a buddy who ran a. Um, a restaurant slash bar that um, had a bunch of video games in it. It was just like an arcade bar, uh, but a lot of like old school ones, you know, like NBA Jam. And I love the hoops. Oh, yes. I love the hoops. hoops. You top, know, top the, golf, or yeah. not top golf. Uh, what's the spin golf? What the, I'm, I'm blanking all of a sudden. Oh, um, uh, tea, golden tea. Golden tea. Golden that, tea. That, I spent many a uh, pitcher of beer at a bar, the grad in Davis, playing golden tea in the corner. Oh, the many, grad many, in Davis. Yes, yeah, yeah. many, many. You're one of those guys. You were that guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. $5 pitchers of beer in the corner playing uh, golden tea. Yep, happened I know you. Yeah, I know who you are. I saw you playing that game all the time. I never played it. Never once. Yep. Um, yeah, they have like, you know, like off-road. You guys remember Yeah, off-road? that was awesome. Blue, you get the turbo. Red, yellow, hit the yep. turbo, spin it like super yep. fast. Love off-road. Off-road's uh, a yeah, great man. game. Cruise Batman, in America. like all that stuff. So we'd probably go there. There would be a lot of vegetarian options available. Uh, a lot of seafood um would but be don't panic. I'll, as well. don't panic i'll control part of the menu too people it's okay don't panic <laughs> i love you know i used to live in maryland i love seafood i miss it so much oh man seafood's yep seafood's good but i like a burger too and a steak of course if yeah. you saw my video the other day i do enjoy steak yeah. so. you like chicken too chicken I, yeah, I saw yes, that one. <laughs> yes uh, apparently I'm, i have to like do I have to do all my videos near the stovetop for the rest of my days i'm screwed i should have picked something easier like you know lounge chair or something oh well uh. Oh, there it is. Okay, that's fun. Yeah, that was from D. Mendy, by the way. Shout out to my boy, D. Mendy. I love you. So those are some fun questions. Good times. And, oh, one last thing. Uh, This is from Jason uh, from our email. He says, would you keep Rendon or Arenado? And there's no, it's a, uh, it's a head-to-head league. That's all it says. I'd take take Rendon. I'd keep Rendon. Yeah, I have Rendon ranked ahead of Arenado, so I'll take Rendon as well. Yeah, I think as long as it's bad, as long as it's, I mean, even in an OBP league, I think Rendon is better. Yeah, in that, definitely, especially definitely. head to head, he's going to be more consistent yep. than Arenado will. So, yeah, me Rendon. 
Okay. I think there's math. Yeah. It seems like we're sleeping on Rendo now. Like he kind of just mm-hmm. went to a new place, got paid a shitload of money. It was a 2020. It was a goofy season, you know, short sample size, blah, blah, blah. But he's an all-star. He's a really good player and he's not done. So yep. I think I like where he's at now. I think it's a value, value zone. Okay. That's it. The show's over. We got to end it. We got to, these people have to live their lives. They have things to do. It's been a tremendous honor. It really has, man. Getting to know you guys, talking about a bunch of dumb stuff and some baseball all at once is something that I uh, appreciate. Thank you so much for your time. Let's do the end of the podcast spiel. Bubba, you go first. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It was a lot of fun. Always fun uh, chatting it up, baseball and whatnot. So just find me on Twitter, at BDNTrick, Bench with Bubba Podcast, uh, writing at Rotoballer and Fantasy Sports DJs. Come check out all the goodies. Yeah, just huge thank you for inviting us on. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Um, have enjoyed it a lot. I'm sorry that I'm, I'm a little bit negative. I'm a little bit ride the pine-ish. <laughs> um how dare you i know i know god um but uh yeah i on twitter at batflip crazy podcast is called batflip crazy fantasy baseball uh but yeah check me out on twitter if you are interested thanks so much fantastic there it is all right well these are the guys they know the game make sure you follow them on twitter everywhere listen to their podcast they are at least as smart as me, if not probably a bit smarter. And they have a lot more experience, so I'll give them that for sure. And that's why we have them on. We learn. And I'll have both of them on individually down the road where we can get more inside their fantasy process when we have a little more time to do that. So less hijinks. Anyways, I'm Mike Govier. I'm one of the hosts of the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Two L's, two Z's on Twitter. Don't forget, you can follow the show on all the standard social medias. Please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts with a review. would be really, really great. Kind of boosts the profile of the show. And don't forget, we have the Listener League. It's wide open. I put the link in this chat. It's also on my Twitter feed and the Plaza Podcast Twitter feed. You can click on it. The first league is officially filled up, but we're going to do as many leagues for as many people want to join. 15 teams, standard 5x5 Roto Draft Champions, minimal maintenance, no in-season maintenance beyond setting your lineups. It's all you got to do, so it's not like a huge commitment. Don't forget that. And lastly, uh, sorry to Deary. I'm sorry your internet didn't work. We'll see you next time. Uh, that's it. Don't forget, rotofanatic.com. We're part of the Rotofanatic Podcast Network. Check out my new article with me and Matt Williams arguing about Chris Bryant. High, low, high, low. Rotofanatic.com, Carmeirano, Paul Mamino, Mike Carter, Mr. Doctor, Dave Funnel, Davey Lou, everybody. Crosby Spencer, Matt Williams, the whole crew. Everyone's great. Thank you so much. I'm out of here. Godspeed, everyone. Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. And we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, Surprise is on our side. <laughs> <laughs>